Dionisio at the plate. He's over two today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I am Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. And uh, we have a recap uh, of, uh, of a Cubs-Rockies uh, game that we went to on Monday, August 23rd, 2021. I know that uh, last episode, uh, I think we said we were going to go see the, the Beloit Snappers, but uh, if you haven't noticed, folks, there's been a pandemic going on, and I haven't really <laughs> been keeping my... Um, my calendar, my Google calendar up to date. And I uh, realized that I was, I was booked for that night. So we had a, we had to do a little change of plans. We'll get into that in a bit, but uh, this is episode one thirty two. Um, Jack, who is your one thirty two guy? Ooh, good question, Jeremy. So I have another Pittsburgh pirate just a couple weeks ago. I had Denny Nagel. Um, and I got another one. It was uh, 132 home runs were hit by Al Martin oh, nice. in his professional career. The old outfielder. Yeah, those mid-90s Pirates were very important to me, Jeremy. As I mentioned to you, I played a whole season as them in Ken Griffey Jr. baseball <laughs> uh, back in the 90s. That was probably the 95 Pirate team. I think that's when that year uh, that, the, that game came out. Um, so Al, Al Martin, kind of an unremarkable career. Um, you know, his numbers never really uh, stood out that much. He was kind of a 15, 20 homer guy with uh, about a 280 average. But the funny thing to me about Al Martin is uh, he had like a, a, a controversy, as his Wikipedia page called it. Yeah, so 10 years, never made an all-star team. Uh, 11 years, actually. But um, he had a funny, funny controversy. So uh, it says... Martin claimed to have played football at the University of Southern California. In 2001, he compared a collision with Seattle teammate Carlos Guillen to the time he tried to tackle Michigan running back Leroy Horde in 1986 when he was playing strong safety at Southern Cal. In actuality, USC and Michigan did not meet that year, and Martin was an outfielder in the Atlanta Braves system at the time. Furthermore, USC has no record that Martin ever attended the university. So uh, what I take away from that story, Jeremy, is it said that he said this in 2001, and I, I don't think he understood uh, the capabilities of the Internet. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's like preposterous in, in as little as, say, like, you know, fucking like some, some like D3 school or something. Like, like USC is going to be very clear uh, clearly obvious, even without the goddamn internet, there's media guides and everything like there, uh, they had, they have records of that. It's like, that would be saying like, yeah, I played, uh, I played baseball. Yeah. I was, uh, with the, with the, uh, Yankees, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's, that's easily, uh, refutable. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Jeremy, either one of us might, might be able to make a case for ourselves as, as like small college baseball players or something like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't think we could go further than that. So, um, yeah, Al Martin never played at, at Southern Cal. And the thing is, Jeremy, I bet he had been telling that lie to people for years. Yeah. Pro yeah. I mean, so what year did he say? What he said he said it was it. Uh, so he said it in 2001 and he claimed uh, he claimed that the year was 1986 uh, that he had tried to tackle Leroy Horde of, of Michigan. Um, and he was playing in the Pirates uh, system at that time. He probably would have been college aged. 
But, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely definitely not USC. And if you're going to say you went to USC, at least do your research and find somebody they played in that season and, like, a good right. running back on that team to make it a little bit more believable. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder what Leroy Hurd, Hord has to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, oh, absolutely. And, I, yeah, that would be, Jeremy, again, like, somebody who didn't play baseball saying, like, yeah, man, I, I played for the Yankees. Uh, that was like, you know, trying to hit Rick Sutcliffe back in 1984, you know, or something like that, like, you know, uh, when he was on the Cubs. So just a complete, yeah, just, just a complete fail on Al Martin's part. But, uh, hey, you know, he was, a, he was a solid player for about 11 years. So yeah. Al Martin. I'm, I'm trying to recall any Al Martin memories. I don't, I don't really think I have any. Um, uh, I'm do you looking, remember? Do you remember him like in general? I can't really say that I do. I'm trying to look at. I was trying to look. I was looking up his old like baseball cards to see if any of those ring, ring a bell. And it, he kind of started playing right around the time I kind of stopped tail, I, Like I started tailing off collecting cards, and um, he did play during like my dark <laughs> my dark period there. And uh, so like <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think I really have any Al Martin like associations whatsoever. Well, uh, you know, I I guess you can probably join the club of most people. So there you go. Who who do you have, Jeremy? Well, Jack, I I went with a pitcher um, and um, probably a pretty obvious one. I I thought about going with Mark Gubiza, like, Uh but just just because he's a a fun name to say. But um, I was kind of I was I was definitely struck by the fact that so uh, tied for 132 wins are Ryan Dempster and Carlos Zambrano. uh, Mm -hmm. It's interesting because they were both part of like some. Like they were both, they were like the, like one and two uh, starters for the Cubs, I, I believe, for for many years, like in the late aughts, um, but and they ended up with the same amount of, of wins. Um, instead of doing a double, I feel like I don't, I don't really want to talk about Ryan Dempster. We we shit on him enough, and right, rightfully <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> so I, I decided to go with Carlos Zambrano. Um, yeah. And like honestly, the, you know, we've talked plenty about Carlos Zambrano um, from seeing him in the Dogs game um, alone, uh, but uh, but yeah, so. You know, he was a great, uh, great player. He was born uh, twenty-three days before I was. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's like okay. twenty-three days older than me. Um, but uh, yeah, just I think like you know we talked uh, like so whatever. Carlos Zambrano was like the ace of the Cubs staff for a while. Um, uh, had a, a really good run um, from about two thousand three to like. 2010 i guess and they kind of when he fell off he kind of fell off pretty quick he did um, good hitter good hitter yeah right good hitter um let me try to find his batting uh totals here um 24 career homers mm-hmm. that's pretty good that, yeah we've talked about guys who would dream of hitting 24 homers in the <laughs> yeah position players yeah yeah exactly so um yeah that was pretty good yeah it was always fun to watch him pitch or and, and hit um couple like Carlos Zambrano memories that I have that are totally not related and haven't talked about on this pod. Um, one, I remember watching him pitch um, a very early game in his career against the uh, Dodgers. I'm trying to pull up his game log now just to find what game that would have been. But I was hanging out with some friends and they were playing the Dodgers on like a Saturday night. And um, I remember like uh like the catcher's mask got like knocked off or something. And he like, I don't know. I don't know what the scenario was, but I remember he like picked up the catcher's mask and gave it back to his catcher. Um, 
he might have even been batting and he gave the catcher's mask back to the opposing catcher, something like that. And like, I remember my friend was like, oh, what a nice guy. He gave him, he gave him <laughs> the mask. Um, so that was like, that was a very early impression of Carlos Zambrano. It turns out he would, you know, he wasn't really a nice guy. Just ask his teammates. Uh, right. There's numerous that uh, got into visible uh, altercations with him in the dugout. Um, so, so there's that. Um, the other thing, I, I, th- I do believe we talked about this, but like, we, I think we talked about how Carlos Zambrano got, um, had to go on the DL with like carpal tunnel because he mm-hmm. was spending too much time on the internet. Um, sure. I think we talked about that one. But, uh, Jack, I have um, some, some audio here that I want to play from okay. a couple. Uh, I think this is from, it's been so long now that I think this is from the same post game press conference or uh, like, like soundbite, basically. I don't even think it was a press conference. I think they, they were just announcer or uh, reporters talking to Zambrano in front of his. Um, uh, his locker room uh, after a game, and he, they he, they got shelled or something. Something bad happened. I, I don't remember the circumstances around what happened here, but I got a two sound clips, and I, I think they're from the same uh, session. Uh, so here, here we go. Here's here's the first one. Um, this is embarrassing. Embarrassing. Okay, so he says <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> Um, That's good. And then here's the other one. Hold on. There we go. We should play better here. We stinks. That's all I got to say. <laughs> they said we stinks. So uh, <laughs> those are two um, fun little sound bites. This is embarrassing. Embarrassing. And we stinks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so those are readily available because i i recorded them from tv and and um you know cut them up and put them on my computer and i used them as like text message alerts on my phone when you could like you, you still can do it you can make your own like alerts on your your own ringers and your own uh text alerts so when i would get sure. a, if i got a text message in probably the year you know 2010 jack um you would have heard my phone go like this is embarrassing embarrassing <laughs> so, so there you go those are those are some of my like like inside like memories of carlos zambrano that i think of when i when i hear him or think about him and so uh, i wanted to share those with the podcast yeah no that's great jeremy uh as somebody who's like uh you know dipping a toe into learning a little bit of spanish um on the duolingo app uh i i've noticed that like you know spanish uh if, if you're saying we the word following it is often plural uh, as well, like mm-hmm. nosotros, uh, and then whatever it'll be, it'll be plural. Um, and so I think that, like, just as, as a guy who obviously English isn't his first language, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just saying, like, <laughs> instead of saying we stink, uh, like to him in Spanish, it would probably be be pluralized. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's like the translation, but it just it translates it translates pretty funny. Uh, which which is awesome, um, yeah. man. I I did not know about we stinks, but I think it's definitely something I'm gonna be saying from now on. <laughs> it should be, it, yeah. I know it's it's sad that it took uh, 132 episodes to get to that, but um, yeah, that should be uh, a, a refrain here on the podcast. We stinks. Um, Jeremy, I, I think I've I've told this story on the podcast too, but um, yeah, back in like 2009, I was working at this restaurant called Hackney's, which was which was downtown on like Dearborn and Polk in printer's row and uh we got like a takeout order and on like the uh the receipt for the takeout order that was stapled to the bag it, it was going to be delivered for or, yeah it was a delivery order it was going to be delivered to this place uh to an export and the name for the delivery was carlos zambrano um <laughs> and yeah so like it, of course like carlos zambrano is is at a gym probably <laughs> just worked out 
and now he's ordering food from this place that's famous for like their big greasy burgers and like onion onion ring loafs. Um, <laughs> right. So like it definitely it could have been I, I always figured it could have just been some jackass saying he was Carlos Zambrano, yeah. but like no, it, it makes more sense for it to have been Carlos Zambrano. Yeah, that's that's really funny, Jack. Yeah, no, for for real. Yeah, and and folks, the Heckney's burger is pretty good. You can get it on rye bread, which is pretty exciting. Oh yeah, yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, being a Chicago guy, I'm sure you know Hackney's. Um, yeah, yeah, but that's a good one, Jeremy. One last question about Carlos Zambrano. Yeah. Did he get ejected from that dogs game? Uh, I know that, he was yelling at the umpire. Right. <laughs> and and yeah. I think I think the manager of the dogs got ejected, but uh, Carlos Zambrano may not have. Yeah, I know it's it's kind of it's kind of a, a cloudy memory, and I don't remember if we marked that down in the in the scorecard or not. But um, I mean, yeah, he was definitely like on the top step barking at the ump, like after he was already removed from the game. I, I'm sure if we go back and listen to that episode, I'm sure we could find out. Um, but uh, but yeah, that would um, that would be uh, you know again another fitting thing for Carlson Brown to be thrown out of an independent baseball game. Like, <laughs> yeah, after throwing like. 80 mile an hour meatballs that were just getting just drilled out of the park. Um, yeah, yeah pretty, sure. pretty typical. Uh, um, Jer- real, oh yeah, real, go ahead. real quick before we move along, Jack, I just wanted to say, I don't want to, I, I, I definitely think that it's very possible that it could have been Zambrano who ordered that food, but I do, I do have to say I, you sparked a memory for me. So I, um, uh, I guess we talked about this on the podcast. I so at the the statistics company that I work at, uh, I we used to work with a former baseball player for the White Sox, uh, Brian Ward, um, and we would in my early days there we would we would like order we would all order lunch, um, usually Buffalo Wild Wings because it was like dollar it was like twenty five cent boneless Thursdays or whatever, um, and so he would usually call in the order. Um, I think he would also go and pick the food up and have a beer and then come back. But Oh uh, nice. Yeah. But um but he would he would pick up the order and he would like we we all worked in like this, this big like room like with all these computers and everything. Like but it was all like, you know, it was a shared space. And he would call in the order and he would um he would always give like a baseball player name. So they'd be like, Yeah, uh yeah, order for uh uh Chipper Jones or like he oh, would, or really? JD Drew. Yeah, he would always say like a baseball player and like he would never tell us like that he was doing it and it, it was always funny to hear him say that um so yeah you know it, I, I don't know I'm, I'm wondering if ward would have been around uh, <laughs> you know downtown <laughs> chicago at that time um uh, but uh but yeah it could have been him or carlos ambrano <laughs> all right very good jeremy um cool so yeah we went to a we went to a game on monday night it was kind of an impromptu game uh, we decided the day before, I think you had texted me on Sunday saying that the uh, Saturday Snappers game wasn't going to work out. So we both kind of just looked at the schedule and saw that the Rockies were in town um, and that tickets were, as you put it, dirt cheap for Rocks Cubs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we got tickets for uh, you. You got them for nine bucks, Jeremy. Good seats. First row of the upper deck in left field. Yeah. Yeah. I um. I, I was telling Jack, I wasn't sure if I've ever sat in that first, like, the, so the very first row of the upper deck. So upper deck box. We normally sit in upper deck reserved. Um, this is upper deck box. And um, they're the best seats in the house. There's no, like, obstructions in front of you, no poles, no uh, aisles, no nothing. And we sat in the first row of that section. So we were right up against the, uh, the railing. Um, so it was cool. We were a little, I, I had to, like, go a little further down the line and into left field to, to get those, uh, seats but uh it was for nine dollars i mean and that's nine dollars after fees they were six dollars face value Oof. um so 
there was a you know a, a plethora of six dollar seats to choose from, and so I ended up going with those those box uh, upper deck box seats. Uh, but it was cool. It was cool to see a game there. Uh, unfortunately, no uh, foul balls. Um, you know, got sliced over there. But again, it would have been probably terrifying also at the same time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, when you're right in the first row of that upper deck, uh, yeah, it's, it, it feels like one wrong move and you could fall off because there's <laughs> nothing to there's nothing to there's nothing to stop you. From just no. falling into the lower deck. Did you look over the railing at any point, Jack? No, no, I can't do it, man. I can't do. It. I mean, I was looking to live down a little bit into the, you know, into the lower deck. But yeah, there were there was. Uh, we'll get to this later. But I mean, there was a lady who was just like, you know, hopping over the aisle into like our row right. from her row above us, and I was like, man, I wouldn't be doing that, dude. If you tripped, if you tripped or made a wrong move there, especially if it was like if it had been raining and the seat was slick, yeah, you'd forget about it, man. No, for real. If you're if you're putting your foot over and you just catch your toes on it like you're gonna tumble forward and yeah like not good stuff um uh so uh yeah I, but did you did you look over because i didn't look over i did i did look da- like after at the seventh inning stretch i looked directly down and it's it's um i'm i don't know if you're alluding that you're afraid of heights jack but i so i'm i'm a, i'm afraid of like medium heights it's like like or like i don't you know a comparative to like a, a airplane or something like I think like when you're I'm in an airplane or if I'm like really high up like we went in the St. Louis Arch like I wasn't afraid of that because it's just so like abstract you know to me like that it's like you couldn't just fall and like I feel like you would just die you know automatically but like something where like you could fall and maybe not die like I'm I, I that's where I get scared or like anything with like um, like those stairs that like don't have the backs they're just like just the flat part of the stairs like that kind of stuff scares the shit out of me sure um, uh so uh so yeah this was like kind of like that like looking down i was like ooh, like you know it kind of made me a little woozy so let me let me just back up and see if i have it right something where you could fall and die you're fine somewhere you could fall and not die but be seriously injured that's scary yeah yeah get okay f- yeah. fall and maimed you know <laughs> something like that, that no that, that makes sense i mean you, jeremy you should uh you should try free soloing of mountains you'd probably be good at it you'd be like yeah i i could i this is a height i could die from no no biggie it's fine <laughs> yeah well, i'll check out the the doc and you know i'll get back to you yeah yeah it's a good it's a good one good good documentary um no i won't spoil spoil anything okay yeah. um yeah so impromptu game uh we decided to meet at the park which we should do more often for games at yeah. wrigley jeremy um because we we both enter and we kind of have separate experiences so i was in kind of a hurry i didn't get uh get home from work until about 10 after 6 and then i had to walk to the park um which is about a 20 minute walk um from my apartment uh you know if everything goes according to plan which it didn't um, so I was, uh, just past Grace, which is a couple blocks north of Wrigley Field. I was walking down Clark Street when these three guys, just three in line, decided to just take their sweet-ass time walking on the sidewalk. And we've talked about slow walkers on this podcast before. It's, it's not fun. When there's one person, it's, it's no problem to get around them. Two people, you know, you can still get around them if you, if you pick your spot. You can make it work. But three, three, three all in a line, like, forget about it. They're, they're blocking the whole fucking sidewalk. So, you know, I made a decision to try to, like, uh, you know, to go around to the right of them. Um, and so I had to walk in this one area where there was, like, a, there was like a tree. Now, Jeremy, we passed, we passed the scene of the crime after yeah. this, and it looked, it looked like an absurd place to walk. But there were, cars, there were cars parked there, and, like, from the angle I was coming north, you couldn't see that this bush 
like this potted plant yeah. that was there, this tree was being held up by like wires, like tr- it was basically it basically like fucking trip wire. Yeah, it um, was in a it was in a big planter, we should say. Like yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was, it was like, like a, in a in a big planter. Uh, and so anyway, I, I tried to like go around these guys by like going around this like bush, this planter thing, and I didn't see these like these fucking wires there, and I just I tripped, I tripped over them and just completely ate shit on the ground. Um, and it sucked too because you know I was tangled up. In these wires, and you know, when you're tangled, when you fall, that's one thing because you can kind of brace yourself. But when you're when you're all tangled up like that, you can't really like you can't really catch yourself like you want to because your body uh, your body is like parts of it are trapped. Um, so yeah, it was. I took a kind of a nasty fall. Um, you know, I, I'm I feel okay now, but like I landed like you know I landed like right on my like right knee and my fucking left hand. That's kind of like what broke my fall, and it was it was right on the fucking concrete, so yeah. it sucked. And yeah. then of course like it's a, I have the double embarrassment of like these guys who I was trying to pass saw me, and they're like, oh, you all right, man? I was like, ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I think right before I said that, I went, ah, that really fucking hurt or something like that. Mm. Uh, so that sucked. I, so I was in a really you probably like kind of noticed it before I told you, but like I was kind of like shaken up and in a shitty mood, like when I got in the park, yeah. um, which which wasn't uh, which wasn't fun. And I'll, I'll say this, you know, I'm like Hightower from last week. Like the uh, last time we went to a Cubs game, like the next time I encounter slow walkers on a sidewalk, I'm just not gonna have any shit. I'm done with it. I'm just gonna say, excuse me. I'm not gonna try to fucking walk around them because yeah. that's you know that's that's what got me. It got me trying to be courteous, like just walking around these guys. Um, so that sucked. Falling though, it did remind me of a line from the pilot episode of Deadwood. It's uh, the first scene when that like guy is going to be hung for stealing Byron Sampson for supposedly stealing Byron Sampson's horse, and he he says to Seth Bullock, he goes, "You'll help me with my fucking fall," because like he's he's afraid of of like strangling on the on the noose instead of just like his neck breaking when you know mm. when he goes down. So that was that was a good line. You'll help me with my fucking fall. But nobody <laughs> no nobody helped me, Jeremy. Um no. so yeah, I anyway, so I was a little bit banged up coming into the park. I came in through the left field entrance because I knew we were sitting in left. And um, you know, I, I started to I, I scanned my ticket. I go in and I notice that they don't really have those uh, you know air, airport security things that you have to walk through anymore. So like I, I you know there were security guards standing there though. So like I, I didn't know what to do. So I, I sort of like slowly approached them and like took my cell phone, wallet, and keys out of my pocket. And they're like, no. Nah. And one one guy was like really happily said to me, he was like, no, nah, no, man, you don't need to take that stuff out. You you can keep that in your pockets. New technology. Um, <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know what the new technology is. Maybe it's like cameras that can see what's in your pockets, which they have at airports to like look at what's in your um, in your bags. Yeah, uh, seems a little bit invasive for a baseball game. But yeah, uh, they can see right in the the crotch of your pants too. Can they? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. If they, yeah, if yeah. they can see if you have a fucking like knife in your pocket, they probably can see your piece too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's true. Um, uh, yeah, uh, so, um, so that was, yeah, so that was the thing. So there's new technology. So you no longer got to empty your pockets at a Cubs game. I tried to go to the Clark Street Grill, which is where we got that Italian sausage from oh, uh, yeah. last time, but they didn't have fucking Italian sausage. So like, you know, I was already in a pissy mood because I'd f- I fell. And so like, I, I, I go up to this, this, uh, the lady working there. I'm like, Hey, do you have Italian? I didn't see Italian on the menu, but I asked her, I was like, Hey, do you, you know, do you guys have Italian sausages here? And she's like, no, I'm sorry, we have, and then, like, I just, 
I was in a pissy mood, so I just walked away um, and didn't let her finish her thought. Uh, well, I mean, hey, I, I you know, I, I wasn't in a good mood. Um, didn't didn't take it out on her. And I, I might have I might have like nodded to acknowledge it and then just like waved it off and been like, no, you're fine. Or, or maybe I didn't do that and I was just an asshole about yeah. it. I don't know. But Jack, but did you like, go did you go into the right field corner to do that or did you just go to? No, man, it was like in center, it was like in center field, I think. Uh, or you mean home plate? Yeah, it was like around home plate. Yeah. Do you think they had him in right field? Well, we got him, remember last time, like down like in the right field corner because that's where we yeah. were like, stationed. Yeah, but we were in right. Yeah. Thing, it, it felt like the same dog stand. Yeah. But I don't think it I don't think it was. Because I don't know. I don't like I don't commit any of those like names to memory, like left field grill, like sure. Wrigley Eats, whatever the fuck they're called. Um, you know, I just look at the menu the the, the boards or whatever, but it sucks because they they probably have it. They probably have one in right and probably one in left. And like maybe, yeah, you were just like in the wrong spot or something. But like, it's it's kind of annoying that they don't have the same thing in all the. Why why do they do that? Why do they have stands where they don't like, just have everything? I guess. Yeah, man. I don't I don't really get it. That, that happened to me at the. I went to a South Bend Cubs game last week, and I I was I wasn't necessarily gonna get it, but I got this really crazy big pork tenderloin sandwich. And uh, I went, I definitely went to the same stand and like, they didn't have it. And I'm like, I think they got rid of it because it's a pain in the ass to make. Cause they have to fry mm-hmm. this thing. But, um, but yeah, that it's like, number one, why don't they have the same stuff at each stand? Number two, what the hell is this a seasonal menu where they're like, Oh yeah, that's only, that's only for April home games that we have that. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like I just, I had it. It was good. Give it, like, let me get it again. What the hell? Yeah. This isn't the fucking McRib, man. I, I was thinking of like, I was thinking of that about that Italian sausage since we since we decided to go to the game, I was okay. like, "Oh man, I really want to get another one of those. It was so good." Damn. Um, okay. Yeah, and I couldn't couldn't get it, but uh, but uh, say lovey, that's okay. Um, so anyway, I, I after that, I just decided to go up to the upper deck and and get a get something up there. So uh, I, you know, I got by our seats that concession stand that would ultimately be by our seats, um, and I got a Polish dog. But it was right when I, I bought it right, and I bought it, and then the national anthem started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as we've talked about in games. Everybody just stops what they're doing during the national anthem. Uh, and not only people who are working the concessions, um, but this has bled over to the fans as well. Um, I feel like the concession workers sort of set the example and then the fans follow. But I was trying to get um, I was trying to get mustard on my Polish dog. And there was this lady standing in front of the condiments and she just stopped what oh, she was doing no, for the national anthem. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like this, this dog isn't getting any any warmer here. Like I wanna I wanna get condiments on this thing and I wanna eat it while it's still hot. So I kind of like I kind of like just forced my way in okay. and like started putting mustard on the Polish. Oh good. And she kind of looked she kind of looked like taken aback. Uh, but fuck it, man. Like well, y- y- you don't just get to stand in front of the condiments during the national anthem. There, there's you can't even see the flag. What are we doing here? You know, yeah. we, we 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 just like what's more American. Than you know, putting putting mustard on a on a hot dog, you know, like this is why <laughs> this is why we're singing the national anthem. So don't don't right. prevent me from doing it. We all and observe. Then, we all pay tribute in, in our own ways, you know. Like some people, <laughs> some people stand and put their hand over their their heart, and you you like dress up a hot dog the way the fucking patriots wanted us to. Yes. Precisely, and so I, uh, I then I, I tried to go into our section, but I, I, I at that point I was annoyed, and I texted you a picture. Like the entire the entire uh, entrance to our section was blocked by people just standing there, 
observing the national anthem, so I couldn't even walk in our section. So it wasn't a great entrance into the park for me, Jeremy, but yeah. ultimately, uh, ultimately, I ended up having fun at the game. Well, this is good. Okay, so I was gonna, I was gonna suggest maybe we cross cut these, like, um, you know, I don't know, like a Christopher Nolan or a Quentin Tarantino movie or something. But, um, but it's kind of funny because I had, I, I kind of had the opposite. Like, I was like, it's um that episode of um Seinfeld where uh, I forget what happens, but like George like has to go do something and Jerry stays at home. Oh, I think like George gets stuck, like going to dinner with uh, Peterman and Jerry stays at home and watches like the Mets game. And like, mm-hmm. he, he's like at home, just like having a great time. And George is like stuck uh, out. And like the announcer, they show Jerry like kicking back and like eating and watching the Mets game. And then the announcer goes, you gotta love baseball or whatever. And, <laughs> and like, he's, he's just like happy as like a pig in, in crap. But um, so <laughs> I, I, I will say I was I was sweating my ass off so I, I it wasn't a it wasn't a walk in the park for me but I, I did get I did get to my seat um relatively early enough to like kind of just chill and uh, just kind of kick back enjoy the seats and watch like all the opening festivities I feel like I've been cutting it close all year and I've missed a lot of the opening like festivities of the ballpark and and like um of like the PA announcer and stuff so I I, I kind of got to pick up on some things there. Uh, but real quick, before we move on from all that, Jack, I got to say that is fucking unacceptable. The fucking like everyone freezing during national anthem. Like if the White Sox want to do it, it seems it seems like a, a very White Sox thing to do. If they want to do that, that's fine. But it's like fucking you, you stop the fucking concessions like during the national anthem. It's like and I would think like the fans are the ones who would do it. And the workers would be like, well, no, we have a job to do. We have to just do our job. But it's like. I'm almost thinking it's like, well, this is a chance for them, like for like two minutes and 15 seconds for them to not have to do their job or something. <laughs> so maybe that's why they, they observe it. But like, yeah, it's um, it's super frustrating. Um, I was going to say I, I, you again sparked a memory for me, Jack. I, I forgot to mention I, I talked about this on the last episode when I went to the scout seats um, and I was in the nice stadium club getting food. It, everything stopped there too, like stopped yeah. dead in its tracks for the for the anthem. And I was like, I was up going and try to get some like food from the buffet, and uh, um, you know, again, that was two minutes that I couldn't stuff my face with food. So like, I was I was a little annoyed by that. And like, for another guy there had to be like, hey hey hey, you know, uh, with you know, anthem anthem. Like he said to his friend, and it's like, come yeah. on, man. You know, Jeremy, if we ever owned a minor league baseball team. Uh, I, I feel like the the ballpark experience would almost be like the XFL of like going to sporting <laughs> events, you know, like during the national anthem, like that's the best time to go buy food. Nothing, nothing stops for that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and other things that probably don't need to be fixed, but are so. <laughs> yeah. Like a, there's a, there's a 10% discount only during the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so Jack, I, my, my walk to the park was, was not bad. I, I, I was going to say I stopped at, uh, I, I don't know how many times we've talked about it, but there's a little uh, bodega. Like, they don't really call them bodegas here in Chicago. It's more of a New York thing. But this little, like, bodega corner store on Southport and I think Grace, um, where uh, there's, like, this, like, I think it's a Colombian uh, grocery store, and they have uh, empanadas, like, hot empanadas um, in this case. Um and it's just like a little little corner grocery store. And, and uh, the empanadas are awesome. I love to stop there either before or after the game. Uh, so I stopped there, got got myself an empanada for the walk uh, to, to the park. Uh, so enjoyed that. That was my food for the day. Nice. Um, and uh, their 
they're like two bucks each, so like you, you can't go wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Really good. The yeah, only I love a good. What did you What did you get in in your empanada? This one is like this is one I've never seen before, other than this place. It's like a corn and cheese empanada. So it's like it's almost like creamed corn inside, uh, but with like cheese, um, and so good. Like I'm a I'm a um, very adamant meat eater, but like this this is like this this empanada is so good. Uh, but they have chicken ones, they have beef ones, um, a lot of a lot of good stuff. Um, nice, yeah. So uh, I got myself one of those, um, and then uh, yeah, I I went ahead and um, uh, got to the park, uh, sat down. Um, Jack, damn, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that I, here, I'm going to actually put my, um, put my video on, on our zoom here. Cause I want to show yeah. you a picture here. Um, so I got there and they, they announced this guy, um, his like name was like coach. Like, I don't even know what the fuck his name was. He's like some guy who works with like kids. Like he goes from town to town, spreading the love of baseball to kids. And, um, this Jack, if you can look, if yeah, I see him, I see him, yeah. Yeah, so this fucking douchebag threw out the first pitch. Um, Jack, how would you describe this guy? Uh, he looks a little bit like Diedrich Bader from the Drew Carey show. Okay. Uh, but like with glasses on. Uh, he looks like a, to- a total tool. Yeah. He's got a he's got like a just a, a weird um what what would you call that hat, Jeremy? It's like a Panama hat maybe or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um the glasses look fake. It doesn't look like he actually wears glasses. Yes, good um, call. And he's wearing you know, he's wearing the City Connect City Connect jersey, which uh also that's that's yeah, that's not gonna win you any points with me, Jeremy. <laughs> um I will say though, the guy's got on uh he's got on some shorts that are not cargo shorts. Uh, uh. you know. So I'll have to, I, I, I would, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I'd probably, I'd probably wear those shorts, but yeah, well, he looks like a fucking douchebag, Jeremy. And like, yeah. he's, he's wearing like ankle socks, but they're like the socks where you can't, you can't even like see, uh, any fucking, any fucking ankle on the socks. He yeah. just looks like he's, he looks like he sucks, man. And he looks like he, if he, if he goes from town to town, like teaching kids to love baseball, it looks like he's doing it mostly so he can pick up single moms. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, I, this guy definitely thinks he's like hot shit. But yeah, um, he, his but even his shorts are like annoying me like they're like short. They're like too short and like his just legs look dorky like yeah, he just looks like such an uber dork and like he looks like a fucking like he looks kind of like those guys who we saw at the uh, Under Armour game with like the kids like the fucking like poodle man and all those people uh, just like some fucking like metro <laughs> metrosexual like dad or something like um, just just kind of a, a bummer of a person and uh I, I know I'm dating myself with the metrosexual uh, comment there, but uh, but still, like anyway. So he threw out the first pitch. He like he threw it out, and then he like chest bumped uh, uh, the the cub. What's the, the fuck is it? Clark the cub. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, he was a total douche. Um, definitely the hat was douchey. Uh, then uh, this actor Chris Watoski is his name. I, I was never really sure what his name was, but he's a comedian, uh, a comedic actor. Um, he was on the show Love on Netflix. Um, he's been on other things here and there, but he's also um, he's in those commercials. I think it's for Progressive Insurance, where it's like don't turn into your parents, and like they like have those things where like you know it's like the guy says like the waiter doesn't need to know your name uh, mm-hmm. like when you order at restaurants and like um, you know whatever. Like uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that they do, but like he's in those commercials, so he's really. He's a pretty funny guy um, from what I've seen of him acting. He's, I guess he's got a new Netflix show. Um, so he threw out a first pitch. Um, and then uh, they played a highlight package of Giovanni Soto and uh, Aramis Ramirez. And then they both came on. They both threw out a first pitch. So I think that was cool. 
um, to see like some like, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know about Soto, but definitely Aramis Ramirez, a beloved former Cub. Um, but they, they both, they threw out co, uh, first pitches. So that was cool. Um, and I, I haven't really gotten to see too much of that this year. Um, another thing that I didn't really get to hear, um, is so the new Cubs PA announcer, uh, Jeremy Paprocki is his name. Um, I was able to hear him talk more and I picked up on like a little inflection that he does. And he kind of said, I'm, I'm pretty sure he kind of says like, duh, cu-, like his does turn into like, duh. So he's like, like, like almost a typical Chicago uh, accent. Yeah, but like, but also, but still in that like that uh, timbre, like that like you know announcery kind of timbre. So it's like batting first for the for the Chicago Cubs, Rafael Ortega, <laughs> like that, so, and like batting second for the Chicago Cubs. I, I can't, I, I keep not saying it, but uh, you know, for but he he was his he was it was basically for the Cubs, um, and uh, yes, yeah, so I don't know. Like I told you, Jack, about that, and like I thought. I didn't. I was hesitant to tell you because I feel like once you hear that, it can like ruin a person for you. So um, I uh, I didn't want to I didn't want to share that like lightly. But um, yeah, hmm. I don't know. You probably could definitely miss it if you're not paying attention. But like I don't know. It stood out to me just because I I heard him talking. Maybe it's for the home fans like the Bears. You know, um, yeah. who knows? Maybe he's trying to get the Bears gig for this fall. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, so uh, so that all happened. Uh, I also. Um, they they showed Frank Schwindel um, like during the, the anthem. So th- I should say that that John Vincent guy singing the national anthem, the guy who holds out the home of the free or whatever. Yeah. Um, like for a really long time, and uh, they looked they they showed Schwindel and he was making like the, these big eyes to the camera, like a scared face. Um, and then like they cut away to him, but then you could tell he put his head down. and He was just like cracking himself up. He was just like laughing, um, mm-hmm. and he was like. He was just he continued to laugh during the anthem. And then when like John Vincent held out that note, I feel like Schwindel started like laughing more again. Uh, It's kind of funny. He just like had the chuckles or whatever. Um, So uh, that was kind of funny to see. Um, At this point, Jack, I'll I'll just go ahead and say, Jack, I I think we probably crapped on Frank Schwindel a a little bit, like briefly on the podcast. But he's quickly turning into my favorite Cub player. Well, he's he's having a decent season, man. He's only yeah. he's hitting about three hundred. Um, yeah. I think he maybe I, I I have my box score here. I don't have it open, but he uh, you know did he get any hits in the game he, we went to? He did, yeah. He had like okay. an on base uh, streak going. Uh, I think it might have got snapped, but it, it was like maybe into the double digits uh, like for a while since he like kind of got called up by the Cubs. Yeah, he's he's doing. You know, it's it's the same thing we lauded Patrick Wisdom for earlier in the year, like for taking advantage of a, a chance that he's getting. Um, the guy's bounced around to a bunch of teams, and uh, I mean, if it takes like a shitty Cubs team for him to like get a chance, like I'm glad he's making the most of it. So, yeah, I mean, at this point, he's he's fighting for the first base job next year. I, I could sadly see the Cubs just going and throwing some money at someone to to take that spot, but uh, and then making Schwindel compete with them. But uh, you know, I I in a in a season where there's like so few bright spots, like. You know, I think you can really like kind of rally around a guy like uh, Frank Schwindel. So, oh yeah, absolutely, Jeremy. Um, and you you made an excellent point though too. Um, not not just with Schwindel, but about all of the other Cubs bums. So just like every other team in baseball, in sports, really, uh, before the before the start of the game, they'll play a montage of highlights uh, from all the all the current guys with um, you know to the beat of some song. Uh, I forget. I, they, earlier in the year, they were using the Beatles song uh, "Come Together," but and some um, shitty like cover, like modern. Yeah, cover it was it was yeah. a shitty cover. Did they use that? Um, no. Are they still? 
yeah I, brand I, new okay brand new yeah um uh, but anyway that you know they had to cut together a video now of all these bums and they had to take out all of the good players like Baez <laughs> and Rizzo and Bryant. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's nobody, Kimbrell, so there's nobody left. It's just all of these Cubs bums, and the highlights were very, um, you know, were pretty mundane. Yeah. No, and, like, they, and, you know, it's intercut with, like, footage of them, like, in a studio, like, with, like, cool lighting, like, dramatic lighting, and, like, they're looking, like, hard into the camera and stuff. And, like, one of the guys they actually filmed for that was, like, Andrew Romine. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's like... So I'm just thinking about the, the poor production staff for the Cubs who have to, like, make these videos. And so, like, they had to go and shoot – because they probably shoot that at the beginning of the year. Maybe even in, in uh, spring training they shoot those. Um, but they had to go and, like, set up a whole nother like, video shoot with the, with the new guys. And then they're, like – they have to, like, set up, like, Andrew Romine. It's like, all right, Andrew, like, give us a, a hard look into the camera. And it's like the in, in their mind they're like this is fucking Andrew Romine that I have to take a video of. But so it's 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 pretty sad just like the 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 qual the caliber of guys who are in this video. Um, I'm not even sure what song it is, but uh, but yeah, it was just uh, it was kind of a bummer. Um, but also like funny and like kind of like mind bending to see just like this is like a bizarro world where it's like here are your Chicago Cubs, and then it's like yeah, it's like. <laughs> Schwindel, Ortega, um, Wisdom is definitely prominently featured because he's the only thing they got going for him. Um, but and then and then just some recycled Wilson Contreras footage um, that they had uh, in the in the first version of the video. So there was that. Um, I think it was right around the time, like uh, it was either right before, or right after the video happened. Um, you know, they 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 warm up on the field like the players long toss to coaches or whatever, like maybe a bullpen coach or whatever. And so, like I said, we were standing at the, on the, we were sitting in the first row of the upper deck and we're right beyond, we're right at the point where the screen ends. So if players throw balls into the stands, a lot of times it's in the section we were in. And, um, the, I don't know if it was a bullpen coach or, or who it was, but, uh, one of the coaches like threw a ball up into the upper deck, um, from the field, which is pretty crazy, but, but cool also. Right. Um, I guess he was trying to throw to someone like maybe like 10, 12 rows back. He threw it and a bunch of people like reached for it. And I think it, the first one like ricocheted off someone's hands and, and landed back onto the, it went over the upper deck and like out to the, um, to the lower deck. And so then the guy had another ball. So he threw it again and he throws it and it goes over my head, but it was like right in line with me. So it was right over my head. And I look back and like this old timer, like old guy probably in his like, Probably early seventies, I would say. You you got to look at him, Jack, right? Oh yeah, I mean he was he was I mean, he's probably seventy five or eight, if not eighty. He was he was an old guy. Yeah, definitely. He might I would say Jeremy early eighty to early eighties. Okay, all right, fair. Um, uh, so he they they threw they threw the ball up to uh the guy. Um, and uh, by the way, I hope my 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 father in law doesn't hear this because he's uh we're celebrating his birthday uh this this weekend, uh, which is the reason all why right. I can't go to the game, but uh. Uh, he might not be happy with that comment. So uh, we have, we apologize. Uh, you know, it's uh, this guy. I'll say this. This guy made a great uh, play. He, he caught it one handed. Okay. So that this, 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 this uh, coach throws it from the foul line uh, all the way up to the, like the, the probably like the 10th row in the upper deck box. And this, the, the old timer catches it like barehanded. Yeah. And then like you, I looked at the, the player and uh, the, the coach and he kind of was like, he kind of shrugged and he was kind of like still staring up. And then the old guy, like the old timer, like turns around and looks, and there's like a kid behind him, and he's like, he hands it to the kid, and like the the coach like gave like a thumbs up or something, and it's like, I know we just recently talked about give it to a kid, but it's like what a bunch of bullshit, not like the 
that guy made an awesome fucking play, an awesome catch. And, and the guy's been on this goddamn earth for 75, 80 years, and he makes an awesome catch. He should get to keep the fucking ball. Like, and he, he had to hand it to the, to the fucking kid. It's bullshit. The kid wouldn't have been able to catch that goddamn ball. The dad, the, the dad that the kid was with didn't catch the ball. This guy, it's not like a 20-year-old, like, fucking dude with a affliction shirt and fucking, like, snorting fucking Adderall. Like, this this is like an old-timer, like, clearly, like, you know, Cubs fan, like, at the game. Like, he's supporting the team even though they suck. And he get, he catches this, makes an amazing catch, and he has to give it up. It was so frustrating. I felt bad for the guy. Um but uh, but yeah, so it was just a bummer, and it's like even the 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 player should have been like, hey, that guy made a great catch, you know. I guess, let's let let's let him keep the uh, the ball, but yeah, no dice. Yeah, um, Jeremy. I mean, maybe he thought it was like a jackass or like a Carl Havoc situation where it was a no, like a, a young guy dressed up as an old guy or something. <laughs> yeah, I right. Bad I don't grandpa. know, but. Uh, yeah, but I wish I, uh, yeah, I wish I could have seen that play. Who was that really, like, that octogenarian um, coach that was for the Mets for a while? Do you remember the guy oh, I'm yeah, talking Phil, about? Yeah, Phil Regan, right? Yeah, 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 Phil Regan. Um, and, hey, I'll, I'll say this, Jeremy. I, I know you mentioned your father-in-law's birthday uh, is being celebrated this weekend. But, I mean, yeah, if you, if you can make it to 80 years old, like, that's, uh, hey, that's, that, that, that in itself is pretty damn good, right? Yeah, yeah, for it's, sure. And then, yeah, and then, can, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and especially if you can make a bare hand play at that's, that age, that's even better. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so, um, yeah, so, so anyway, so the, the game started and, um, you know, just, um, picking up things here or there, a lot of, uh, these guys, it's our first time seeing them, uh, in person. Uh, and so I haven't seen Frank Schwindel play. Um, but Jack, I was delighted to hear, um, not even so much because I like this band, but it's just, it's just a cool like. It, it also shows that he's like old for like a a rookie or whatever. But his walk up song was um, "Self Esteem" by The Offspring, um, which is like, uh, you know, The Offspring are kind of douchey, but I don't know something about Frank Schwindel like being first of all like he's a baseball player like who's playing like a, a like a alternative rock song from the early '90s. That's pretty cool. He's like a New Jersey guy. He kind of has like a funny like New Jersey accent a little bit. So I'm kind of down with the whole Frank Schwindel like uh, vibe. And uh, the fact that his like walk up song is like walk, uh, is a uh, uh, self esteem was uh, was pretty cool. Yeah, um, Jeremy, I, I'm curious. I'm definitely going to have to try to download some Schwindel um, interviews now. His name his just the name Frank Schwindel seems kind of ridiculous but just now knowing that he's from new jersey yeah it it puts that name in a different perspective yes it's it's a, the only way that that name could sound could be cool is if he's like some jersey guy it's like hey you better go down and talk to frank schwindel you know he's gonna set you straight you know <laughs> like, it's like is that a threat or is that advice i don't know but uh i'll, I'll go talk to him and i'll, I'll pack I'll, I'll carry a piece just in case um, right but yeah yeah don't yeah, you worry frank schwindel is gonna sort this all out don't you worry yeah, come heavy or don't come at all, as, un as Uncle Junior would say on The Sopranos. So there you go. Um, yeah, so Kyle Hendricks was the guy they had up on the scoreboard tonight answering all the questions about, like, what is your favorite blah, blah, blah. Um, and so the, for, for Hendricks, they asked, what is the weirdest thing you've brought on a plane? And his yeah. answer was a honey-baked ham. So I, yeah. I wonder what the scenario for that was. Yeah, I know, but that's that's, like, comically funny. That's, like, a comically, like, that's, like, a comically hilarious, like, 
phraseology like for comedy writing it's like oh um sorry i seem to have misplaced my honey baked ham you know something, <laughs> something like that it's like that's just like a funny joke and and i i don't know if hendrix was trying to be that funny i think he at least acknowledged he recognized how funny that sounded so yeah kudos to kyle hendrix i you know hey shit jack you know what that's enough to get him removed from the all boring uh roster so i have to go with my backup yes. now yeah, yeah, there, there you go. Um, you know, Jeremy, I, uh, I can only think that the scenario must have been a type of thing where imagine a visiting player from Chicago wanted to take home like a Giordano's pizza or something. He must have must have been some famous deli somewhere that had the best ham. I don't know. Yeah, well, honey baked ham is a, its own company, and people do get that shit. From oh, there, is that right? is that is that its own its own thing? Yeah, 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 and it's like a spiral cut like ham. I don't know if it's like it, I'm not a ham guy, but like no, I don't li- I don't like ham. There's no yeah. scenario where I would ever buy a, a ham. Yeah, yeah, me neither. So like, but like, if I was ever to eat a, any ham, it, it, like honey baked ham sounds pretty damn good. Um, so like they put like a it's like a sweet like coating on it and stuff. I don't know, but um. Like they put brown sugar on it and stuff. It it, it sounds pretty good, but, um, but yeah. So he said that they also asked him like one of the questions was like if you could choose to live anywhere for one year, where would it be? And uh, he said uh, Southern California, and uh, I'm looking it up right now. But uh, uh, Jack, I'm pretty sure he's from Southern California. Yo, he is. He's from Mission Viejo, California. I don't know where in California that is, but uh, you know, yeah. I mean, if somebody asked me where I would want to live for a year, I wouldn't say Milwaukee. Right. Yeah. No, it, it is. It's south. It's like south of L.A. Um, uh, where he's from. So, yeah, definitely. It's <laughs> definitely Southern California. Almost, you know, it's almost northern Tijuana. So. Um, <laughs> so. So, yeah. So, like, it's I don't know. This is shit. Then I, God damn it. I think he put himself back on the all boring list because it's like, yeah, it's like saying, where would you like to spend a year? But, eh, you know, same corner, you know, same neighborhood, maybe a block over. You know, one year I spent it there. So <laughs> shit, goddamn it, Hendrix. All right, you're back on the list. Damn you. Um, yeah, Jeremy. I feel like these, uh, these, these. When you see a player do one of these, they just make themselves prime candidates for the for the boring list. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Definitely. There's yeah. Not I know. not many guys who give interesting answers on these things. No, it's just like high school. It's like like you know, you open your mouth and you're just asking to get made fun of, like, at least with this podcast, um, <laughs> the mentality that we bring to the show. But, um, but yeah, so, so yeah, so sorry, Hendrix, you're still my, you know, I, I said Schwindel's quickly becoming my favorite. Hendrix is still my favorite, but, uh, I, I have to take a shot where I can, I guess. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jeremy, we briefly talked about hopping rows, but there was a, a lady in, in the row above us that was definitely doing doing that back and forth to try to get a good picture of herself, I think. Yeah, let's talk about these people. So so they were they were in the row behind us, they got there did they get there after you like after you had already gotten there, Jack? Yeah, they did. They they arrived yeah. after after I did. All right. So it was like a, a younger girl, like in her twenties, right, Jack? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would say she was in her t- late twenties, maybe early thirties. Okay, okay, and then like, <laughs> then a guy who looked like an older version of the comic book guy. He was like kind of like a big guy <laughs> with a beard and a, like a long gray kind of ratty ponytail uh, and a hat. And um, I almost want to say he was wearing like a ve- like a sleeveless vest over his t-shirt, <laughs> like, but he just looked like kind of just like, um, like just kind of like a grungy guy. Um, but it was weird. Like, and like, I never did the full turn, um, to look at them. I thought, I thought it was like a younger girl. Um, 
a younger woman. Uh, but then I thought, out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw that she was like older, but she had like a younger person's haircut, like this, like kind of like blonde bob kind of haircut sort of thing. And um, but yeah, she was like hopping aisle, like rows, and like I I know that I was probably being annoying because I was like. I was kind of like leaning forward in my seat, but that's because this is the one caveat about sitting in the front row of that upper deck is that if you kind of lean back in your chair, the the, the railing kind of gets in your vision sight mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so I was leaning forward and I was probably blocking her view, um, but there was also like fucking like four people around us. So I was like, man, if, if, if you can't see, it's like you might just have to move to another seat because I, I'm not going to sit back and miss it just because you can't see over me like if it was a packed house it would be a different story but like i really felt like if you had a problem you could move and so at some point she she went and sat like next to me for like five seconds and then like it was weird um and then like she jumped back up and then she was like kind of she went to cross over this guy um and she like instead of like passing by him she went down a row went past him and then went back up to the row it was it was odd um and it was just like, what? what is going on here? I, I didn't really get it. We didn't really get the dynamic of who those two people were. Pretty sure that it was her dad. But, like, I don't think it was, like, some sort of uh, May-December <laughs> romance. Um, but uh, he, we did notice that later on this guy had a shirt that said uh, World's Best Dad or something. So And it was, like, a Cubs, a Cubs shirt as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I, for a while I was definitely wondering what the dynamic between those two was. Um, and but she it turned was, out to be. Go yeah. ahead. No, she and she was talking, but she was. It was weird because she was talking to him, almost like, not like a like a kid would talk to their dad, especially someone in their twenties or maybe I guess thirty. I don't know, but she was like, she's like, oh, what about that? Like, huh? That's funny. That's weird, right? Like she was kind of talking to him like a friend or like a. I don't know a bow or something. I don't know, but like yeah. Um, but it was it was just weird the way that. Um, that she was talking to him. Like, it, it didn't seem like a parent, uh, you know, daughter kind of thing. But um, but I don't know. It was, it was weird. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that, that happened. Like, that was just, like, a glimpse of what, like, was, was going to happen there. Um, it's in the top of the third inning. Um, we were sitting, like, basically at the end of the row. There was, like, two people. Um, there was two seats next to us, but they were never occupied. Um, but, uh, these, these two guys came in and it was, I think again, it was like, I think it was like, uh, a guy probably in his like late thirties, early forties and like his dad, I think. Yeah. The, the impression I got was that it was a father son. Yeah. And they definitely seemed. I think, I think this section was like that row, I think is like season ticket holders. Cause I, mm-hmm. I think I bought someone season tickets for that, for this game. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure they were season ticket holders and they, they kind of run, they kind of like jog in and like go right to the aisle and they kind of try to shoot past us really quick. Like it was one of those things where they, they darted in the row and then we saw they were coming and like, we had to like get up, but they were like kind of ready to just zoom right past us. Um, and the guy, the younger guy had a huge bag of McDonald's with him. <laughs> he did. Um, and I, I kind of, I was kind of pissed that we had to get up cause it was kind of right in the middle of the inning. Yeah. And so I kind of, I got up, but I kind of also looked at the guy cause he had that big bag of McDonald's and then his dad made eye contact with me and just smiled. Like it was, yeah. it was almost like a, you know, when you see Charlie Brown smile and it's like the smile is almost like broken. Um, that <laughs> was like, it was like that kind of smile. And so I was like, Oh, all right. Like these guys are all right, but he definitely did have a big bag of McDonald's and I'm surprised they let you in the park with that. 
Well, this is and this ties into empanadas a little bit too. But like, there's always been like gray area about like what you can bring into the park and what you can't. Um, Lord knows, me and my dad have have ex- uh, explored those boundaries. Um, we actually went to this really good. There's this really good Argentinian place um, <laughs> that we that we would go to sometimes, and they have really great empanadas. And one time, I think we like. I either called or like it was we went to a game and then asked for the next time like can you bring in outside food like we just went to make sure like we knew the the guidelines and then like based on that knowledge we we stopped at this place ordered like six empanadas or eight or ten of them I think we ordered like eight or ten and brought them into the park and uh, ate them throughout the whole game and it was it was oh, God pr- pretty awesome actually um, but I remember the the guy checked my dad's bag and he, he looked at him and, and he's like oh you guys are gonna be eating good today or something like that <laughs> <laughs> which is funny um, but but yeah so like we, we actually so we, we've brought in empanadas before but yeah you can bring in food I think they just don't tell you that because they don't uh-huh. want you they don't want you to do it but there used to be like a botch I don't know if there still is but there was a botchy's pizza right by Wrigley where they sell it's a place in Chicago where they sell like these giant slices of pizza um, they're about the size of like four, like my, like frozen pizza slices, like in one I used big to really slice. like going there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like a great drunk place to go. Um, it's like a $5 slice and you, you used to get a free like cup of soda. You um, did. yeah. And so it's a, it's a great place uh, to go, uh, and they're open late, but there's one right by Wrigley and you could, you could bring in a slice of that, um, for sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, but most people don't know that. And so like, these guys are probably season ticket holders and they're probably like, they probably bring in food all the time because they don't want to pay for it. Um, I've seen people bring in subway before. Um, so yeah, it's possible, but it's certainly people don't know about that. And like, yeah, no one's really given up that information. (laughs) Yeah. I'm thinking what kind of food can we bring in now, Jeremy? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. um, Right. Yeah, uh, and and apparently be lauded for it by you know depending on on what security <laughs> guard guard is there. Yeah, right. Um, depending on what his tastes are, <laughs> this guy was like apparently a, a, a Latin food fan. So yeah, right. No, I was gonna say I could sneak him in my pockets, but they still see I had him with the new technology. That's that they true. Have, that is know? true. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, next on the list. Um, okay. So this was a weird moment, Jack. Um, they um, uh, they showed. Um, they were showing this like montage of clips, right? And it was like these weird, like beautiful, like sunsets at Wrigley Field or like beautiful skies. Um, and it was like some sort of video package. But over the theme song uh, or over the over the video, they were playing a, a song. And I'm going to do this uh, for uh, for our listener, Pete Greenwood out there. But uh, you over the loudspeaker, you hear this. Bad boys, what you gonna, what you gonna do? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? So, they had, they had the Bad Boys theme song playing over that visual, which was weird. Um, and then Andrew Romine came up. So, I'm like, is this Andrew Romine's walk-up music? Or is this just pictures of the sunset? Like, then they played Bad Boys over it for some reason. Um, it would turn out that Romine would obviously bat again later in the game and they played the bad boys theme song again. So it, it is Andrew Romine's walk-up song. So this is another walk-up song that we're learning now uh, from actually seeing these guys at the game. But uh, you know, whenever you can hear bad boys uh, at the game, that's always a nice thing. And whenever you can get me to uh, sing it acapella on the podcast, I don't know if it's nice, but uh, uh, you know, that one's for listener Pete Greenwood. Jeremy, we do like to do karaoke, uh, you know, from time to time. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be, I would not be disappointed if sometime like on my birthday, 
or something. If you if you were to if you were to do that one, to do uh, I bad think I might boys? like it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I'll keep that in mind. I've never mind. seen anybody do that one. Um, and it's kind of like a it's like a fake reggae song. So yeah. I'm not sure I'm not sure if it would be considered offensive if you did it. But uh, I think it would true. be. I think it would be good, Jeremy. So keep, you got to keep that one in mind. Yeah, it's definitely one of those. That is a, that is a real song uh, and a real band. And like, I definitely think they've like totally sold any sort of cred that they have by being lending their song to the the show Cops. Uh, Eric Andre, comedian, has a really funny bit about like the song Bad Boys and like using like a reggae song. And it's like reggae is supposed to be like a song about like love and peace and like just like taking it easy and being chill and like smoking pot. And they're playing it over like clips of like cops like bashing in doors and like slamming people into the ground and saying like, you're under arrest, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, but yeah, so um, yes, I wonder if they have that at karaoke. And it's also probably like it's probably also like a five minute song with all these weird verses that you wouldn't like know. Um, right, it so. would kind of would kind of kill the uh, kind of kill the crowd, you know. If you could do like, if you could do maybe ask uh, Fred, the karaoke jockey, to do like one minute of Bad Boys, and that would be that'd be enough. So yeah, come up with our own edit for it. Right, right, precisely. Uh, so yeah, that would be that'd be good. We'll keep that in mind. Um, so Jeremy, the stars of the game for you anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, they were sitting to your left. Um, and, and like a couple seats over, I could not hear them at all. But yeah. uh, eventually, like this must have been at the top of the sixth or the seventh inning. You said, "Like Jack, I got I got so much here, man. This might just be like what the whole podcast is about." And, yeah. and then you said to me, "Like you you got to look over at these guys because I want you to get a clear view of what they look looked like." So yeah. I looked over I looked over at them, and I have to say, so our generation, Jeremy. Well, I I'm a millennial. I'm an old millennial. I don't know if you are you Gen Gen X. Um, <laughs> this is funny, Jack. Um. I'm a I'm I'm on the cusp like I'm in this like so I was born in 1981 and it's truly like a year that is undefined so like they call me like they call us like zennials uh-huh. um this whole term now this elder millennial term that's going around now it's like I probably would fit into an elder millennial thing uh but it's it's only used derogatorily so <laughs> um but uh but yeah so uh it's um it's it's weird, but yeah, I would I, I I'd like to claim Gen Gen X. But, yeah, no um, no one wants to be a, a millennial if they don't have to be. Yeah. But um, Gen be it Gen X, be it millennials, uh, you know they, they tend to blame the boomer generation for <laughs> uh for, for everything that's wrong with society, and you know they they've studied this, and uh, you know the boomers' parents were you know grew up in the Great Depression, mm-hmm. so those parents wanted their kids to you know have everything that they didn't have. So they, they gave the boomers everything, and, you know, that just sort of defined, uh, like, you know, it, it gave a sense of entitlement to that generation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and then boomers destroyed society, uh, you know, <laughs> it, depending on who you believe. So um, anyway, but, but I look over at these two guys, and, like, they're, they're definitely part of the reason people believe that. It's just the, <laughs> just from looking at them, I was like, okay, wow. when, peop- when people say the term, okay, boomer, they're talking about these guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> that's awesome, Jack, that you got all that just from looking at them because the things <laughs> that would say that I have here definitely back up that that claim. So, um, the, to just 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 to describe what they looked like, and I, I was like, Jack, make sure you commit this this look to memory. But like, like one was like a guy, like just an older looking guy, like gray hair, like a gray goatee kind of looked i don't even he kind of looked like he owned like a surf themed bar or something like i don't even fucking know or he was like a 
like he owns a garage or something like I, it's hard to explain like what he looked like he was just kind of like a wise guy looking guy but had like gray hair and a gray goatee um the other guy was like crazy like tan like and had like kind of like um wavy hair like he had his hair was darker he had all of his hair um but he looked he also looked like kind of like just some like friggin like grease ball <laughs> kind of guy um but like definitely like really like leathery dark like tan skin um and they were just like they were talking shit the whole game i mean you could possibly make like parallels between us and them like you know in like sure in 30 years or something but like i would hope this i think this is we could turn into these guys if like we take a wrong terms turn somewhere you know and probably like just forget everything we know about baseball well that too yeah that's we would have <laughs> to be both simultaneously hit conked on the head and forget like any baseball sensibilities but um well first of all they can't they come in and they um again i don't know how they came in but they like they hopped the the the, the seats they came like lumbering over the seats to sit in the first <laughs> row and they were like lumbering like they they were like let me get over that scene like then they sat down and then they're like as if they were like you know fucking some 20 year old bucks like like taking in the game uh but they were um yeah so they were like uh here let me like find all my notes here so um let's see here let me consult my scorecard yeah here. so in yeah. the sixth inning cj crone um got a double um and it was like it was over the head of uh, the center fielder, maybe, but like one hopped the wall, and it was just—it was a clear double. It was like a tailor-made double play, whatever, or, or or Taylor, you know, just like a textbook double, like one over the center fielder's head, like one hops the wall, center fielder gets it on a, on the bounce and throws it in, and the guy goes like, "Oh yeah, that's a that's a double, that's a double." It's like that could have been a triple if he wasn't lazy, <laughs> like and just and it's like they were—I think they were cheering for the Cubs. But it's like they were like, like, I mean, I guess maybe that is a Cubs, a pro Cubs thing, although he said some other stuff later that wasn't. Um, but uh, but yeah, like it was just like, yeah, that was could have been a triple if he wasn't lazy. Like, no, no, it wouldn't have. Not at all. Like they it just it was a double. Like if you've seen if you ever seen a double, that's what every double looks like. That's like not like, you know, there's not like a play at second base or whatever. Um, so just completely wrong. Um, let's see. So. There was another play. I didn't really mark down where these what what the what plays happened, but I think a guy hit like a ball, um, like a foul ball down the third base line, and like it it went foul. The the ump ruled it foul, but the third baseman like you know still stopped it. And then I heard the guy say to the other guy, he's like, "Don't tell me they're getting rid of the ball. Don't tell me they're getting rid of the ball." And then the guy throws it into the stands like for a fan. He's like, "Oh God." Like, the, like he was like fucking mad that they took the ball out of play. Like I I don't I don't I don't get it. Like I mean sometimes I I think like god how much like money have they spent on balls in this game? Like you know yeah. like how many balls do they have to have ready for each game? I think that that information is out there but like I'm not ever fucking sweating it. Like this guy was this guy was like a, like yes in in like a boomer type of move. I, he's, he's probably just like, oh, all these fucking kids nowadays, they got one scuff on their ball and then they take it out of play. Like back in my day, we would have played with that ball until the sun went down, you know? And it's like, it's like, I don't know, man. Like they go through like fucking like 40 balls, like 50 balls a game, man. You can't get upset about each and every one of them. I don't know. Um, so, th so that happened. That was, that was a thing. Um, then I think, uh, let's see, I guess like, 
I have Rogers pop up here, so but I'm 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 still not really quite sure what play had happened, but um, because he didn't get a hit, um, but someone something was maybe it was a different play, but someone like hit the ball over someone's head or something I think, and um, uh. The ball, like, I remember the outfielder was going back for the ball, and I heard the guy say, like, McCovey would have caught that. And it's like, what? <laughs> okay, Willie McCovey would have caught a ball over a normal guy's head? Like, okay, I guess that's – so, like, what What do we – like, what's the what's the takeaway here? Like, And, like, are you telling me that this guy's – I mean, maybe he saw Willie McCovey play, but uh, also, like, you know, Willie McCovey played for the San Francisco Giants, right? yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I have my doubts as to whether or not this guy knew what he was talking about. And was Willie McCovey even known as a good fielder? I mean, he was no. more of a pow- power hitter, right? He, he probably meant Willie Mays, like with the over-the-shoulder catch, but he probably yes. fucked it up. But the other <laughs> thing is like, okay, so great. He, he, make, he would make that play. He's also in the Hall of Fame and one of the best players in the history of baseball. Not everybody can do that. If they could, then, then Willie McCovey making that play wouldn't mean shit. So, like... Who cares if he would have made it? It's like, it's like you know, a guy hits a homer and he's like, oh well, fucking uh, Babe Ruth could have hit seven hundred and twelve, seven hundred eleven more of those. It's like, yeah, that's why he's Babe Ruth, and that's why this guy is whoever he is. It's like, what you want everyone to hit to be like at the same elite level? Then, then like, no, then everyone sucks. Then everyone's average. Like, that's the point. Is that there's some guys who are really good and some guys who are average. And when you see guys who are really good. You would you appreciate that, and when a guy's average, you don't say like he should be elite like everyone else. Like it's fucking stupid. Um, <coughs> um, another thing that happened, uh, they played uh, a song, and now fuck, I don't. This is the one the bad thing about recording like two days after we we go to the game, Jack, because I, I I forget the little details, but I th- I'm pretty sure it was a straight up observation. But they played a song, um, and the guy goes to the other guy, he's like, Hey, Green Day. And that was it. Oh, God. She's like, hey, they got excited about a Green Day song. So, okay, cool. He was excited about a Green Day song. That happened. Um, and then the last thing. Um, uh, oh, God. I don't even know. Like, I'm trying to interpret this note here. But I heard him say something like uh, there was, like, a, f- a fly ball or something that maybe, like like, landed, like, out of the seats. Actually, I think that's what happened. I think like uh, Brendan Rogers hit the ball and it f- it sliced into foul territory and like into the stands. And I think that's what he's saying. Like Willie McCovey would have caught that, which I don't know what he means by that. But <laughs> at another point, I can't exactly remember what it was. Um, uh, there was a, a, a ball that got hit and the guy was saying something like, it's like, there's no nice, there's no nice in baseball. There's no nice in baseball. Like, uh, and like, and then he said, like, can't catch a fly ball. You're paid to catch a fly ball. And I'm, I'm not even sure what the hell play he said that on. Like he might've said it on like a blue pit or something, but I don't even know what he was talking about with the no nice in baseball. And like, I can, I, I have to assume he was trying to quote the, the Tom Hanks line, which is there's no crying in baseball. But he <laughs> wait, said, wait, 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 what, what did he say again? There's no nice in baseball. He said, there's no nice in baseball. There's no nice in baseball. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> yeah. Even Carlos Zambrano can pick up a guy's face mask. Right. You know? Exactly. It's like, yeah, yeah. That guy who was a major asshole and he even had a, a moment of, of weakness where he was nice. So I'm glad I actually brought that up for this episode. Um, 
the last thing I, I heard these guys say, um, Jason Hayward came up in the ninth, uh, bottom of the ninth inning, and actually came in in the clutch, like surprisingly. Um, but uh, he came up to bat, and like the guy goes like, "There he is, hundred twenty million dollar man." Uh, and I'm like, and I'm like, he's not like that's that number is wrong. I looked it up. He he, his contract is for 184 million, so he's not egregiously off. But it's like, when you're gonna like, when you're gonna like put um, uh, that, when you're you're gonna ascribe that that dollar amount to it, to say 120 million dollars, it's like you're you're so close that like. It's it's bad that you were that far off at the same time. It's weird. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, I, I had forgotten that they paid Hayward that much. So that is, uh, I almost would have would have believed the guy if he said 120, 184 million. Oof, that's that's ugly. Um, I knew it was more than that because yeah, I mean, 120. I I mean, that 120 is egregious. But like, I'm like, it's it wasn't that. It was it was more than that. Like sadly, but yeah. Um. Jeremy, I, I do have to comment on the C.J. Crone thing. Like, it, it, what what is it with old men and commenting on guys not hustling? Like, you know, like you could do any better if you were out there. And that, you know, that that's the common criticism for people. Like, yeah. like, oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't criticize the athlete because you can't do any better. But what is this need for for old men to be like, yeah, that guy's not hustling. Like, he sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, he is hustling. Do you have any idea how hard it is to run 180 feet in like eight seconds? Yeah. No, it's it's insane. It's like anything. It's like you couldn't hit a, a, a fastball. You couldn't hit a curveball. You couldn't do any. You would probably throw your back out if you took one swing at a, at a fastball to try to catch up to it. It's like, it's absurd. I would say at least Jack, like, you know, whenever we crap on players, at least we know the, uh, the, you know, we understand like the whole picture here. Like we, I think we're, we're at least self-aware enough to like know what, what the deal is when we're dumping on guys anyway. Yes. So like, you know, um, but yeah, no, I don't get it. And it's like, it's just absurd. It's like, you know, I think because I think like maybe some what happens sometimes is like they think it's gonna be like a triple or something, even though like it's fucking CJ Crone. Like, I I I would you know I would be willing to bet he's never he probably has like less than ten triples in his career. Um, so if if even like more than five, I don't even know. But like, um, but like I think maybe he might have thought it was gonna go further or something, and then he was like, well. It would have been a triple if he wasn't lazy, you know. It's like fuck, <laughs> fuck you, dude. Like you suck. Um. So anyway, um. So that, uh, yeah. So that that was kind of like most of the stuff I had on those guys. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, they were they were definitely a, a fountain of inf- uh, of uh, entertainment. Uh. When I kind of thought the game was going to be kind of basic, but um. It was uh. Yeah. Th- those guys definitely offered a lot. Um. We should talk about uh, the the two people behind us again, just to go back to them really quick. The the older guy and the daughter. Um, that's something we probably should have um, uh, mentioned when we talked about them the first time. But there was a moment in the game later on um, where these two like younger girls showed up, and they were like in row two, like they went into row two uh, behind us to go to their seats, and um, and at this point, I don't even know if you saw this, Jack, but the the daughter was sitting in row three at this point. She she somehow now ended up a row behind where they originally were. And she was like sitting there, like probably talking to her dad, but like, you know, like leaning forward and talking to him like in his ear or something. And these two girls came in, they were like in their twenties or something, I would say. Um, 
they came in and like they're going down the aisle and they get to the guy, the the the, the dad, the older guy, and the guy doesn't move at all. He doesn't move. <laughs> he doesn't stand up. He doesn't like scooch his. Sometimes people don't stand up that they scooch their legs to the side. He doesn't do that. He's just he just like looks forward and he just and he doesn't even look at them and say sorry. He he just doesn't move. And he kind of I looked back and he kind of had this like weird like kind of like sheepish grin on his face or something of this like like sly like like faux embarrassment look on his face or something and the girls were just standing there like what what is happening is he gonna stand up is he just not standing up what the fuck do we do and the 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 daughter leans over leans down and says he doesn't he has a tough time getting up um and then they're just like they just like stepped they just like climbed over row two and row three went down and then climbed back down just like his daughter did. Like, so this guy has everyone like, you know, climbing rows just to get around him. But it was like, it's, it was the weirdest thing because like he didn't even look at them to say, sorry, I can't get up or Hey, would you mind going around? Like he just sat, sat there and like almost waiting for his daughter to, to bail him out, to say something. It was so weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Jeremy, sometimes I wish we could have like a video feed of this podcast so you could do the face that the, <laughs> that, the that this old guy was making because you did it at the yeah. game and you did it well. Yeah. But I can't I, I, I can't possibly describe what it looked like. Right. There there was definitely like a, a it wasn't like an ashamed smile. It was kind of like a mm-hmm, you're going to have to go around me. Like it was kind of like that. It was just weird. Like and, and this guy is like, yeah, in his like 60s, 70s or something like uh just odd just odd yeah and jeremy he didn't seem to have much trouble getting up because like he he walked away just fine at the end of the game um yeah. so i i don't i don't know i don't understand it his 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 daughter too had a custom jersey on that said honey as well so oh, it was god, just a, really yeah it was Ooh. a strange it was a strange dynamic all around man Weird. i don't know what was what was going on there um but yeah <laughs> so that was that was some good fan stuff jeremy but there was also some pretty good game stuff too yeah yeah for sure um and we, we got a big uh, event uh, at the end, too. We do. Um, one uh, funny... I, I, the, the keyboard, the organist guy is growing on me at Wrigley Field. Um, he, he played the Facts of Life theme song at one point, Jack. And um, I, it was one of those things where it's like, I know this is a reference somehow, but let me find it. And I was like, Garrett Hampson is batting. I'm like, Garrett? Mrs. Garrett? So it's like, he made... He, he, made a, he played Facts of Life theme song in honor of mrs garrett the character who was on different strokes and facts of life mm-hmm. um and uh, i thought that was pretty genius um i feel like gary pressy gary pressy kind of would do like references sometimes but but like i don't know this was a good one this, this reminded me of something like the the la dodgers keyboardist or uh, uh, organist would have done um he's he's super like inside baseball he has super like deep references and stuff and so i don't know mrs garrett facts of life Another kind of A to C <laughs> reference there. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, for Garrett Hampson. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, so I didn't. I didn't catch that because I never watched the Facts of Life. I did watch Different Strokes. Do you ever watch Different Strokes? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That had a theme song that really stuck with you. It was like Different Strokes it takes, Different Strokes it takes, Different, different strokes, strokes to move the world. Yes, it does. It different Strokes <laughs> to move the world, or something like that. You know, that was how that one went. <laughs> yeah. So you no, you exactly. did an acapella acapella thing. I had to do one too. So no, there you go. Absolutely. Uh, written by the great Alan Thick, who I believe oh, also. Yeah? I believe also wrote the Facts of Life theme song too. Okay, yeah. And was the um, star was, of Growing Pains. So there 
there you go. Christ, Jeremy, I've probably watched like three episodes of Different Strokes in my whole life, and uh, I remember the theme song. So yeah, he can. Uh, yeah, I guess he can write a catchy tune. Yeah, he can write a catchy tune. He could play the dad on another sitcom. Like the guy could do it all. Um, <laughs> you remember Alan Thicke? Great guy. Um. So Jeremy, we saw a rarity uh, in baseball. I think. Um, so the, the, the Rockies were up four to one going into the uh, top of the bottom of the eighth inning. Jolie's Chassin. So uh, Antonio Sensatella pitched six innings with a one run ball. Pretty good outing for him. Um, Jolie's Chassin was brought in to pitch the seventh. Former Brewer, former Rocky, current Rocky, Jolie's Chassin. Um, he brought in to pitch the seventh, pitched a one, two, three inning in the seventh. Uh, so naturally, Bud Black was like, oh, man, Chassin really has his good stuff tonight. I better, I better throw him out there for another inning. Yep. Um, so sure enough, he goes out there for the bottom of the eighth. And he, Jeremy, we had an episode where we talked about new baseball terms for things. And Jolice Chassin went out and threw a reverse immaculate inning. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know, an immaculate inning is uh, three outs on nine strikes. So striking out the side, three pitcher, three pitches for each batter you face in that inning. Jolie's Chassin came in to the top, bottom of the eighth inning and threw 12 straight balls. Yeah. He walked the bases loaded. That's a yeah. hard thing to do, Jeremy, because yeah. you would assume after the fifth or sixth straight ball that he threw, he was the guy was just trying to throw a strike, just throw something over the plate. And he couldn't do it at the major league level. That's a rare thing to see. Yeah. And you would assume that like, you know, you, yeah, the guy would take, um, ball or he would take like strike one on a three Oh count, you know, just trying to get yes. one over. Um, that did not happen. Um, yeah, that is crazy. That is, that really is crazy. Like we were like, did he throw, did he walk? like the first two guys on eight pitches and then he, he did. So I, I confirmed, yeah. uh, you know, and by confirmed, I mean, I went to Rocky's Reddit. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, he threw, he, it was 12 straight balls. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, that's, that is rare. I feel like, yeah, we, that was a treat to see. Um, <laughs> I wonder if they keep track of that. Um, the reverse, but that's, that's great. That's a great term. And, um, I hope we're lucky enough to see it one day. Yeah, absolutely. Again. Um, so that was uh, so that was cool. The old reverse immaculate inning, um, and then naturally they brought in uh, who was it? Carlos Estevez, who proceeded to allow all of those inherited runners to score, and just like that, the Cubs had tied it at four to four. So the the game, what seemed like a really dead night for the Cubs, all of a sudden uh, the the stadium woke up a little bit. Yeah, um, uh, Carlos Estevez, who I pointed out to Jack, is um, Charlie Sheen's real name. Uh, <laughs> If you, if you didn't anglicize it for, for Hollywood. Um, yeah, you got to love that. Chassin goes ahead and walks the bases loaded. Estevez comes in, gives up one hit, and then, uh, I mean, he gives up a couple hits, but, you know, he didn't put any of those fucking runners on, and he gets a, he goes ahead and gets a blown save uh, for that. So that's great. Um, the, the even funnier thing is that Chassin gets a hold um, in, in the stat uh, column uh, for, that, for that outing, which is just pathetic. Um uh, but yeah, so, uh, they, um, you know, David Bodie hit into two double plays with the bases loaded, um, and drove in a run, but got no RBIs to show for it. So I thought that they were going to get screwed again from, from tying the game up. And luckily, um, I don't know if he's uh, still a rookie, but Michael Hermosillo, um, uh, you know, underdog fan favorite of the Cubs now, uh, for, for a week, um, Got, came up and got a, a game tying double, so that was that was good. Yeah, that was great. Um, Jeremy, it's a it's a goddamn good thing. So the game went into the bottom of the ninth, tied up at four, 
And it's a good thing the Cubs walked it off because they had Trevor McGill in the bullpen. Yeah, Jack, you you had to hear my Trevor McGill rant. It was like a it was like a it was a false alarm um, or a premature like rant about Trevor McGill. Although it, it turned out that it was only two days premature. But uh, you know, I they they showed that Trevor McGill was warming up, um, <clears throat> and uh, I was just like I was just ranting to Jack. I'm like, you know, I don't you know. No one should give a shit about this team. I happen to come to this game, and I care if I actually care what they do today. I hope they win. I'm invested. They've come all the way back. They've gotten my hopes up. They got me like to care about this game, and then they go ahead and they, it's like I was saying, this is like verbatim. Like I'm like it's a slap in the face. They 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 do this, and then they have Trevor McGill warming up to come in and immediately like blow the game. Um, turns out today, uh, Justin Steele had the, the bases loaded and was like struggling or had two guys on or whatever um was struggling to get out of a jam uh got the first two guys out then they took him out after a long battle i think with sam hilliard they they took him out uh they bring in trevor mcgill and he proceeds to give up a grand slam to put the rockies ahead six to five i believe um so so that that's what would have happened if mcgill would have seen the game uh on friday Um, i understand they're trying to like see if you know what they have for next year but it's like We've seen enough of Trevor McGill. To know. I don't even care if he, the guy goes on to be like the next fucking Dennis Eckersley. Like, I, <laughs> I want him to do it with another fucking team. I don't want him anywhere near my fucking team. The guy sucks, but you could say that about a lot of the guys in the Cubs bullpen. So, um, but luckily it wasn't, it, it didn't uh, uh, work out that way. I will say, Jack, that this was a night where there was a lot of like things, we would say a lot of things, and then they would. That, that that like they weren't going to happen and then they would immediately happen. So I think a couple times, Jack, you said like, you know, no way they get a hit here or something or like, and then like, you know, I, so Jason Hayward led off the ninth and this is not, you know, he, I, Jack, that's right. Yeah. What, what I said was Jason Hayward. Yeah. He was pinch hitting and he led off the ninth and I said, you know, you just feel like there's no way the guy's going to get a hit here. And, and just in the middle of that sentence, he swung and, and cracked a base hit up the middle, and you yeah. said to me, "Yeah, I I, uh, I would have agreed with you if the ball wasn't already like flying through the field." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to be, I, Jack. I know you're you're a knowledgeable baseball fan. You're willing to go out on a limb sometimes. You don't have to be Nostradamus to to make that prediction about Jason Hayward. <laughs> um, but he happened to come through this time. And then I believe you did. I believe we were talking because because then it, call, it came up like you know, hey, the last time we saw the Cubs, we talked about this on that one um, before the podcast episode where we yeah. saw Chris Bryant walk off the Rockies in 2015, um, and uh, I think it was 2015 or was it 2016? No, it was 2015. It was, uh, it was 15. It was his rookie yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was the last time we saw the Rockies. Uh, and uh, I think Jackie said like, well, no way they walk it off this time. <laughs> I was full of I was full of them, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, and then yeah, and so then uh, Rafael Ortega would come up to the bat and uh, hit promptly hit a two run walk off homer. Yeah, it was it was a cool ending to the game. I think as you pointed out, Jeremy, uh, we hadn't been to a game in, in uh, over a month just because of that rainout. Um, and so uh, it was the first time, or it was this, or rather, it was the second straight game that's ended in a walk off for us. Yeah which yeah. was really cool. I was talking to my buddy about that 2015 Rockies game at work today, and he's a Cubs fan, and he, he said, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that game. That was like a cool game because that was the first that, – that was when you, as a Cubs fan, you really started to believe that they were yeah. maybe going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so that game was kind of a turning point almost for the franchise, but definitely at least for that 2015 season. Yeah, um, that's I, 100% true, Jack. 
Yeah. Um, so it was it was pretty cool that we got to we got to witness that. Um, and this, you know, nobody's going to remember this game in the grand scheme of things, but it was still nice to see the Rockies get walked off because they're a terrible franchise. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Jeremy, I don't know if you noticed this, but I had never noticed the walk of shame that players will do mm, from the mm-hmm. you know from the team that got walked off, like as they leave the field. None of the guys run or jog off the field. Uh, maybe just as like a show of respect to the pitcher who just gave up the home run. Um, but yeah, none of the opposing players um, will will walk off, or, or the visiting team. They'll just um, th- or they'll, they won't run off. They'll do. They'll very slowly walk off the field. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The only time you see a runoff is like the last out of the World Series. Like the the first base or the third base coach will usually like fucking hightail it off the field because they they don't want to get caught up in the in the scrum like on the mound. Um, but yeah, it is. There's a lot to there's a lot to look at um, in a situation like that. You 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 got the players coming off the bench, uh, gathering by uh, home plate. Usually the 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 batter is pretty psyched up about doing something, so they'll flip a bat or like they'll do something around the bases. Um, <clears throat> so there's a lot to see for sure. Yeah, and Charlie Blackman. Uh, so the ball landed in like right field, uh, the right field bleachers, but there was nobody there, and like it bounced. It bounced back onto the field, and like Charlie Blackman recovered it and threw it to the ball boy in disgust. So I don't know if Rafael Ortega ended up getting that ball. But um, anyway, we stayed. Uh, you know, we kind of hung around for a few minutes, and then we decided because we'd had so much fun and so much success with it last time to go back to the right field uh, exit area yep. and try to see if we could see some Rockies players leaving the stadium. That's right, folks. Yeah, you know, it was such a big hit for the Brewers game. We, we decided to do it again. I don't know if it's a well we're going to go to, like, every time. Just Yeah. Because it almost seems too, like, you know, too too fun, maybe. I don't know. Like, <laughs> there, it's it, it's it, it's quite entertaining to do, and but it, it makes for good podcast fodder. So, like, yeah, we went back um, to uh, the field. I should say, Jack, too, like, when you when – you, actually, when you first got to the game – I, I whipped out my pocket. I had I brought some cards this time, and I brought I brought um, a Michael Hermosillo card. I brought a Frank Schwindel card. Um, I actually brought a Keegan Thompson card too, but I I brought only one Rockies card. And I'm like, I was like, well, if we decide to do this Rockies thing, like go hang out, I'll bring like one card of like just a random guy, just because like maybe he'll sign it. Um, <clears throat> and I really, I honestly looked at the roster. I'm like, I don't. There's no one on here that I even want to like get an autograph just for a sociological experiment. So I ended up bringing like a uh, Brendan Rogers rookie card, um, and I was gonna ask him to sign it um, if we did uh, go go over there. So I was like, you know, I I kind of wanted to go to the Cubs just to see what we could do, like, and I think we should do that maybe just just to see what it's like. They do. It's kind of crazy because now the players' parking lot is across Waveland, so they put this fucking crazy like like plastic curtain divider thing across the whole street. And they like, they walk through this like weird tunnel. Um, and then they like, and they like make people stop. And then they like, you know, pull the curtain back and let people cross again. So it is, I I think it's like pretty impossible to get any Cubs autographs. Um, like when they're coming out, but, um, I do want to try that at some point, but certainly by the visitors, it's a lot, it's a lot easier. And that's, that's kind of always been the case. It is, um, uh, or at, at least just uh, in, in my experience from the two times I've been over there. Yeah, you can you can get a lot closer to the guys, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's pretty damn cool. Um, it was a lot more buttoned up 
this time than it was for the Brewers. I think part of that had to do with the fact that when the Brewers left that game, they just got the fuck out of there and nobody showered. Um, You know, the Rockies presumably showered after the game and also presumably got fucking chewed out by Bud Black uh, after (laughs) the game, even though it was like Bud Black should have just looked in a mirror and been yelling at himself. Um, uh, Because he's the one who left Chasin in to blow that game. But I digress. Um, So, uh, yeah, John Gray, who did not pitch at all, uh, was one of the first. He didn't, he didn't pitch in that game. He he came uh, he came out. He was one of the first guys out, and he signed for everybody, Jeremy. But uh, there were a couple kid. There was a kid there and his dad. They were they were kind of autograph autograph freaks. They were nerds. The kid almost ruined it for everybody. Yeah, he was um, standing there. I should mention the dad. The dad kind of looked like a science teacher a little bit. He had like gray kind of curly like flyaway hair and like glasses, and he was wearing a shirt that said like Scott Schrute. Uh, for president or something like so like an office shirt that was never like part of the office like I think he probably saw that in a targeted ad somewhere and just bought it um, but uh, so definitely some nerds and like he had like a whole stack of cards and okay so you're you're hanging out um, by the, the the Rockies bus you know that it's a Rockies bus there's a lot of people there who see the bus see people waiting and they think it's the Cubs bus but it's like no the Cubs don't all like fucking park at jewel and then like take a bus to the cubs to the game like they drive (laughs) themselves so it's obviously the visiting team but you go there you bring your son you bring a bunch of cards you bring markers you bring a ball whatever like you're you're going to get autographs and the son so the dad was like looked a little older like maybe late 50s or something the son was pretty young he was probably like like 16 17 i would say um and um he like so we see John Gray and and we we're like oh there's like there's a player and uh, pretty quickly I was like oh that that's I think that that's John Gray like we both yep. kind of got to it at the same time but we hear this kid yelling Mr. Freeland Mr. Freeland uh which is Kyle Freeland uh another pitcher for the Rockies but not John Gray different people but he's yeah. like Mr. Freeland Mr. Freeland and like like he said it early and then he even said it as John Gray was walking to them and uh, so John Gray goes over to this kid and he's like, Mr. Freeland, would you mind signing this? And I didn't I didn't hear what John Gray said, but I heard the kid go like, oh, oh, oh. And then he like looked down and he was like, oh, oh, like and like just like he was like mortified and like embarrassed. And like he's like, oh, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and like and he's like, oh, it's all right. I, I don't even know if he ended up getting John Gray's autograph. Also, why didn't they fucking have John Gray's card? Like, what the, they have all these other cards, but they didn't have John Gray's. So I don't know if, like, Jack, you didn't see. Like, did they do a switcheroo? Did, did do you know what happened there? No, I was too mesmerized with like I, I was too into my own shit at that yeah, point. Like, yeah. just like wondering if he was going to sign my stuff because I think he signed for the kid first. Yeah. Um, but hey, I'll say this: I the the kid didn't seem like a Rockies fan, and I, I guess maybe his dad was too. But John Gray has a very distinct look. Yeah. Um, he's he's got a beard. He always sports a beard, and he's he's like a a ginger, I guess. But he's he's got very light red hair. Yeah, um, like red or blonde or something like hair. Yeah, color. he's a hard and he's he's got. I mean, he's got a unique looking face. He's got a unique look. So yeah. it's it's hard, and he's one of the more prominent players on the Rockies. So it's kind of hard uh, for to mistake him for anybody else. And this kid, and he right away, right away, he didn't give anybody else a chance to be like, hey, hey, John, can you sign? Just right away, this kid was like, Mr. Freeland. So he almost screwed it up for everybody, man. Yeah, um, right. It would have been very like uh, understandable if John Gray would have been like, Freeland, like fuck, fuck this, and just get on the bus. <laughs> 
But um, you know but, what, Jerry? Yeah. yeah the, he, he didn't do that. And no. he, um, t- I'll tell you what, he, for, in me, he made a fan for life in me, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, super nice guy. He signed for everybody who wanted an autograph. He um, he took selfies with people who wanted to take selfies, and yet yeah, we should get to the selfie people in a minute. But sure. he took uh, he took selfies with everybody who wanted one, and he even kind of st- hung around for a second too to make sure, like, hey, like, did I get everybody? Um, he signed my scorecard. He signed your scorecard, um, uh, and just a yeah, just a super nice guy. Wanted to make sure all the fans um, were taken care of, and he was the number three overall draft pick in 2013. Yeah, number three. So. Yeah. Yeah, this guy, he, you know, he's a, he was a big deal. He's kind of just been an average major league pitcher. Um, but he's also, he's also pitched his whole career with the Rockies. So who knows, how he, who knows what his career would have been like uh, if he would have been drafted by a, a different team. Um, but wherever he ends up, because I think he might be a free agent next year, at least per his baseball reference page, um, I'm going to be rooting for him because uh, that, really, that really impressed me. That was kind of a true showing of his character. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And I was I was kicking myself for not bringing a John Gray card. And I honestly I would have that's a guy who I would have brought a card for just um, to get. He doesn't sign too much like you don't see him like in in tops products. uh, Oh, yeah. At all. Yeah. And so like um, it was definitely cool. I had to like look and he had he hasn't been in a tops product since um, like his rookie year or maybe even like before his rookie like as a prospect. So. So, yeah, it's not it's not it's like an autograph who I haven't seen like a million times. So um, it was pretty cool to get and it would have been even cooler to get on a card. But that's all right. It was cool to get on scorecard because it was a cool game and a cool scorecard. Um, but yeah, but like there was um, to go back to the selfies, there was like a, a couple there who um, the girl like there were a couple in like their probably early 20s. And like the girl was saying, like, it's my first Cubs game. Can I please get a selfie? And like he's like, yeah, sure. And like, you know, they took a selfie, whatever. Um, was it the same couple that was to our left, Jack, that, that said that? I think uh, it was, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely was. So, yeah. uh, and, and we commented cause, cause this guy didn't really seem to want any autographs, but the girl just wanted selfies with yeah. all of the players. Yeah. Um, and first of all, you, and they had Cubs shirts on yeah. and Jeremy, you commented to me, you said, there's no way these people know that these players aren't the Cubs. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Yeah. No. They had no idea who these players are, and yet they're getting selfies with them, right. which is very odd. So she's got, you know, she probably on her Instagram or social media posted pictures with these players, uh, but just had no idea who they were. Yeah, so, it's, um, the caption was probably like, met some Cubs today, got some selfies with some Cubs today, and like, <laughs> God, God, like, uh, you know, like, please, like, like let one of her f- uh, friends, whatever, have somewhat, some knowledge of baseball and say like, that dude pitches for the Rockies, you know, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so um, that was, uh, that was just funny. And like, not only did they like, <laughs> here's the other thing is like, man, first guy who comes out, you get his autograph. I mean, maybe, the, maybe it's one of those like beginner's luck sort of things, but it's like, if I was just, if I had no knowledge of baseball or anything or had no idea what the fuck was going on and I got an, a selfie with the first guy who came out, I'd be like, all right, cool. I'm good. Let's go. You know, let's go get some uh, food or get a drink or something. Right. But they stayed like a long time. They stayed as long as we did. Yeah, they did. And we were there for a long time. We were there. We, were there. we waited there for 30, 40 minutes for all the Rockies players to come out. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so that was, that was funny. Um, uh, and like, yeah, I just, I, and I was also just wondering like, is this guy 
sweating this at all? Like, does he not mind that his girlfriend just wants to get pictures with all with every single baseball player that comes out? Like, does, is he getting jealous maybe or anything? Like, yeah, it, it was a weird situation again. Another one of those weird situations. It was. It was very weird. Um. Uh. Well, John Gray came out, and then uh, Kyle Freeland, who also a starting pitcher on the Rockies, who did not pitch, uh, came out almost next I, I there might have been a couple guys in between them but he was he, he was out pretty fast yeah um and he uh he, he came out and he was with these two people who had been waiting waiting for him inside the stadium yeah. uh they were they were a couple about our age jeremy maybe eh, probably a little younger if they yeah, were his friends so. if his friends but anyway they were just these two nerdy looking people who looked like they would like you know be at like hanging out at a microbrewery in, in wicker park or something they, just like they almost these, looked like theater people to me yeah, like they did. Sure, theater people. Sure, like musical theater people. Just two like completely nerdy looking people, but they both had they both had Rockies uh, Kyle Freeland jerseys on. Yeah. Um So I, I know Kyle Freeland went to college in Indiana. I think he went to like the University of Evansville. So oh. maybe they are like college friends. Maybe like Kyle Freeland took an elective and like you know. Uh, like musical theater and was in the play one year or something. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I just like know. the jocks, like you know, like would would be the lead in the play too and do like a bad job. Yeah, maybe. Right, right, yeah. exactly. So, um, so yeah, they 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 came out with Kyle Freeland, um, and Kyle Freeland was also with his girlfriend. So it was a group of four of them, including Freeland. Um, and they came out and and they they didn't get on the bus. And then the woman, there was a security guard there. Uh, he, he, I think he was private security because I didn't see a badge, but he was, he was, uh, uh, to quote the professional, like, you know, when they ask, uh, what does Leon look like? And the guy responds, serious. Like the, the security guard is pretty serious. He had, he had a piece on him. Um, he had handcuffs. Uh, he was wearing a bulletproof vest. So it was like, you know, we're, we're, we're not, we're not fucking around and like, in like joking about, uh, you know, a kid like taking pictures today. Like this is the, this is the real, de- this is the real deal here. So yeah, the, right. uh, the Kyle Freeland's girlfriend says to this, um, says to the security guard, she's like, yeah, like we, uh, you know, we want to go to the corner of Addison and, you know, somewhere. Um, and so the security guard's like, okay. So he lets, he, uh, he opens like the gate. They had mm-hmm. it, they had it gated off, uh, the area. Um, and he opens the gate up for them and like begins to, and, and Freeland and his, his party walk, uh, out North on Sheffield. Like they just, they just walk out. Area um, south on Sheffield. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, south on Sheffield, rather, yeah. Um, and so they just start walking down the street. Um, and so, of course, because none of the fucking people besides us who were waiting for these players have any tact, they, mm. uh, they, they chase after Kyle Freeland and ask him for his autograph. Yeah. Um, so Freeland, like, because he's with his friends and his girlfriend, probably felt obligated to, like, not be a dick to these people, even though... Uh, I'll say, like, the guy was probably just trying to go out with his friends and, like, have a good time. But, um, you know, he was nice enough to stop and sign a few autographs. Uh, take some pictures. Take take some pictures. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so you know, he signed a few autographs, and then, and then eventually they walked away. But the security guard kind of broke things up. Like, he saw that, like, Freeland was starting to get mobbed, so he came over there, and he kind of broke it up a little bit. And yeah, then he, he eventually... He yeah. actually, I feel like he, he like, so they went out and like, they let them through the bar- barricade and they, they walked, they took about like five steps and then they, they got mobbed. And then like one of the, one of the workers there motioned to the, the, the private security guy and he pointed and he's like, Hey, dude's getting mobbed over there. And so then, then that guy actually like abandoned his post, went beyond into the crowd, like to Freeland, um, and stood over there and like made sure that he didn't need help. Um, 
but I think to Freeland's credit, he likes, he's like, no, nah, it's cool. Like he just signed these autographs. And then, then they, they, they went on their way, but the security guard walked with them all the way South, uh, from, from where we were by the stadium, all the way to Addison. And, uh, it looked like they were like trying to get an Uber or something. Uh, but then they even like crossed the street to the South side of, uh, Addison. And then they even like crossed over to like the, um, I guess the, the East side, uh, the Southeast side of, of Clark and or of Addison and Sheffield. And like, I think he waited till they got into their Uber Uber and then like kind of came back. Uh, but yeah. he was gone like from his post for a while, which is kind of funny. Just having to like make sure that, that they got out of there safely. Um, yeah, and Jer- it, it, oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. I was going to say, and you mentioned an Uber, you, you pointed out that they got an Uber X. <laughs> yeah, so. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. The big black car. Yeah. Um, when, when you, when you were the eighth overall pick and, and get, get that kind of signing bonus money, you can afford an Uber X, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so yeah, so that happened. It was also funny that like, you know, if Kyle Freeland and he would have been able to walk down the block without being stopped by anybody. Yeah. He was definitely uh, given away by the two nerdy people behind him wearing Kyle Freeland jerseys. Um, <laughs> so that, that, that was kind of a giveaway. Um, but, uh, and I guess that, so that kid did end up getting Kyle Freeland's autograph, which was nice. Um, but it's like, uh, to go back to that, it's like, doesn't that fucking dad know what Kyle Freeland like looks like? Like if he, it almost seemed like he was making the kid like get autographs for him. It's like, he fucking fucked his kid over by like saying, hey, there's Carl Freeland and it's John Gray. Um, and, uh, me and Jack were kind of ranting about that later on, which we'll talk about, uh, in, in a bit, but, um. But yeah, so so that happened. So so the the security guard came back, uh, and then uh, another group of people come out, and it's uh, Brendan Rogers and uh, Trevor Story. Yeah. Um. So I will say, uh, to quote one of my friends' dads, I was not impressed uh, with <laughs> I, with either of them. Um, Jack, first you of quote all, your friend. <laughs> you know a lot of you remember a lot of quotes that your friends' dads. Said. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, it might be different dads, but uh, but yeah. yeah there, there you go. Um, so uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, story. So, so last time when we were at the Brewers game uh, that got rained out, uh, Kristen Yelich came out, and you know he was the guy in the Brewers that got the star, the real star treatment from the fans. You know, I, I'm not going to say it was like when the Beatles would you know try to run from run to their cars after a concert, but people saw Yelich come out. And even though, like, then they all cheer, they're like, Yelich, yeah! And then even though uh, Yelich didn't stop to sign any autographs, at least he, like, waved uh, to the fans before he got on the bus. So, you know, this, the crowd was a lot uh, more sparse to see these Rockies. But uh, people still gave Story the star treatment. People were like, oh, yeah, Story, like, hey, could you come si- sign one? Or-? And not only did Story not even acknowledge the fact that anybody had yelled at him, but he had a, a, a clubby or something next to him running interference for him. So yeah. just in case, like, somebody had tried to come up to Trevor's story, this guy certainly would have stopped it from he, happening. Well, they were having, like, a fake conversation, so yeah. Trevor's story couldn't look up at the people. He was just looking at him like, oh, yeah, really? Okay, yeah, all right. And then they just got yeah. on the bus, yeah. What a fucking dick, man. Like, this guy's they, – they, the Rockies paid him $17.5 million for this season. He's had a complete shit year. He yeah. was a he, – he was just a um, – you know, he was a, a crybaby about not getting traded. Uh, the day after the trade deadline, he asked out of the lineup because he was so upset. He didn't play. Uh, he pinch hit in the game that we went to, so it was yeah. a night off for him. You know, like, 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 he did, like, like, like the Rockies owe him a night off. 
um, you know, in this shit season where he's having a terrible year and there's only a month and a half left. Like, they don't, they don't know him shit. Put him in the fucking lineup. He's the only guy worth seeing. Um, so, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm kind of over Trevor Story. Again, a guy that maybe if the Cubs decide, if the Cubs decide to spend – you know, who knows? Maybe they'll sign Trevor Story. Well, I think that would be a, a dumb signing, but yeah, that, that was and that was the thing. Like, I guess he was asked uh, th- that day, either before or after the game. Like, you know, would he play in Wrigley? And he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I would. It's special here or something. There's there's something yeah. different about it." But but then he uh, totally snubbed the fans. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that was that was uh, kind of funny. I also, it's like, man, if you're gonna sign Trevor Story, just fucking resign Javier Baez, man. It's like, yeah. I mean. I I I'm I'm not impressed with I've never really been imp- that impressed with Trevor's story and like certainly a lot of question marks from a guy coming out of Colorado like with yeah. with power but definitely um and he was accompanied by Brendan Rodgers who started at shortstop in his place tonight Rodgers was a third overall pick I think it was in 2015 so another guy with a high pedigree yeah. probably got a big signing bonus um but hasn't really done shit at yeah. the major league level yet um, but you know, he, he, you wouldn't know that from the way he acted. So Jeremy, the one card you brought from the Rockies was a, a Trevor story, uh, not a Trevor story, a Brendan Rogers tops heritage card. Yep. Um, and you, you were the only person who yelled at Brendan Rogers and you said, yep. you said, Hey Brendan, could you sign one? And he looked at, he looked at you <laughs> and with no expression on his face. And then he looked away and got on the bus. <laughs> Uh, which was pretty fucking funny, Jeremy. He definitely just—he definitely looked at you. Um, yeah. And we we were joking that like you know if some girls had been around for him to impress, he definitely would have like come over and signed some autographs. Yeah. Um, yeah you remember the old uh, you know you've seen MacGruber like when whenever MacGruber gets in, in like in peril, he goes please please I will suck your dick I will let you fuck me and like that's what that's what Trevor's <laughs> story. That's what Trevor Story would be like if, like, you know, there were girls around. Who, not Trevor Story, Brendan Rogers, probably Trevor Story too. But Brendan yeah. Rogers, like, if there were, uh, you know, if there were women around to impress, like, he would have, he would have signed for every kid. He would have signed every card those nerds had, you know, yeah. by us. He would have, he would have taken a, you know, he would have taken a selfie with the, uh, with that guy's girlfriend, and he would have probably like, you know, he probably would have been the hype man for the guy himself. Like, you know, he yeah. would have done everything, but like. You know, there was no there was no girls around, so he was just a fucking dick. <laughs> Jack, it was funny too. Like uh, after that happened, you were like, I, I felt like we were in like high school or something. You were like, oh man, he totally saw you, man. He snubbed you, man. He's he totally snubbed you. It's <laughs> like, like I know, I know, man. It's it's funny, but also it's a little insulting. But like you know, it was like, oh man, he totally snubbed you, man. He he told he looked right at you and just kept walking man it was funny um but uh but yeah so there you go i kind of i didn't expect any different from brendan rogers i mean you know a lot of times these guys who sign big contracts and who think they're hot shit um and are basically told that they're hot shit because of the money that the teams throw at them so a lot of times surprisingly they don't give a shit about the fans and are assholes and so i kind of you know, that's why I should have picked someone uh, more obscure. Although, you know, I maybe could have said the same thing about John Gray, but he was also super cool. So there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, Jack, just to, just a real quick side note. Um, I was going to say the only thing uh, that I could quote from a friend's dad, uh, I can't say on the podcast. Oh, that's, that's too bad, Jeremy. It's, it's about Wesley bad. Snipes. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, you'll have to after we go off the air. I'll have to I'll have to find out about that one. And if hey, if people are enjoying these quotes from friends' dads, I'll uh, I'll keep I'll keep them coming. I well, got enough of them. You got me thinking. I'm like I'm I'm I think there's probably are some more, but uh, but yeah, sure, sure, yeah. I'll uh, I'll quote 
quote those, and I'll I'll start quoting non-listener Chris on here too. There's some good there's some good stuff <laughs> to, to give you a, a sample of that. Pete Davidson has has come up on the podcast, you know, recently. I was watching Suicide Squad uh, with non-listener Chris a couple weeks ago, and Pete Davidson came on the screen, and uh, Chris said. Oh, I'm famous and I'm sad. So that's that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff you'll get from from Chris. So right. you know, I'm not going nice. to dox him by saying his last name. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, Jeremy. There, speaking of screwing up the uh, the whole autograph thing. Yep. Um, there was this one one girl. Um, she she every time a Rockies player would come out, she would say, "Can we get your autograph, pretty please?" Yeah. Um. In in the exact tone that I uh, that I use, she sounded yeah. like Veru- she sounded like Veruca Salt from the old <laughs> from the old Willy Wonka movie. Yeah, um, just like a person you just want to get the fuck away from as fast as you possibly can. I want it now, Daddy. I want a Trevor. I want a Trevor Story autograph right now, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good reference, Jeremy. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, um, that but that that's a good that's a good comp there, Jack, to quote yeah. our last week's uh, episode. Um, yeah, um, I uh, yeah, it was and and Jack was saying like, yeah, if, if this if this girl keeps this up, this isn't gonna be good for anybody. Um, yeah, it's just like because it sounded like sarcastic. It's like it sounded like it's like who fucking says that, man? And she wasn't like a little kid. She was no. pro- again also like in her twenties. I would say she was with a guy who was with a rock who was wearing a Rockies. Hat. She was wearing uh, cub stuff, but she was like, "Yeah, can we get your autograph, please, please, pretty please?" And it's like that sounds. If I'm a player and I hear that, first of all, I'm not going by there because you, you're probably a freak. But second of all, <laughs> it's like it sounds sarcastic. It sounds like, "Oh, please, please, can I get your autograph, Mister <laughs> Mister Million Dollar Baseball? Please, can I? Can you please use ink in this pen to sign your your precious name for me?" Like I'd be like, "Fuck you, lady, pretty please." You yeah. fucking asshole, you know, and so and then get on the bus. But like, yeah, so that was that was bad, and not uh, not surprisingly, I don't think anyone signed uh, after she started saying that. No, no, nobody, nobody even came close either, no, really. No, so, no. yeah, that was uh, that kind of screwed up the deal for everybody. Um, so yeah, uh, all of the players had lanyards uh, that they were wearing, and uh, and and the the players' lanyards. I should say, everybody in the traveling party. Was yeah. wearing a lanyard. Um, the players all said Tier One, and uh, of course, if you know, we become familiar with that term because you know we know that all, all like you know, certain eighty-five percent of the Tier One folks uh, on any given club have to be vaccinated. So that that term has kind of been in the news. Eighty-five um, percent uh, have to be vaccinated before yeah. they can relax restrictions. So that it, term's been in the news. Um, in, other, in other words, you know, sixteen percent, at least sixteen percent of the Cubs Tier One players uh, are are you know. Uh, anti-vaxxers if that's another way <laughs> yes. to put it yes well yeah. um, you know a, a, i think a portion of those guys have been jettisoned I, at this point have we heard an update if they're like now over 85 percent i think maybe people just stopped caring about yes, it i think that's actually the more apt uh update even though yeah. delta is is ran, you know um raging but whatever right. um but yeah so so yeah so we saw some guys um, Jack, go ahead and tell us about yeah, him. Yeah, so, so the, yeah, the, all the players were Tier 1, but then we saw a few guys who were clearly not baseball players who, uh, who had Tier 2 on their lanyards, and they were carrying their own luggage and putting it, um, putting it in, into the bus. Yeah, tripods, all that stuff, and, and, uh, and Jeremy was like, oh, the video guys, these guys are nerds. Like, you just <laughs> said it with utter contempt in yes. your voice um even and, though you've you've applied and like been interested in multiple p- of those positions with the cubs well and jack what do i what am i a teacher of 
you know, vid, uh, vid, video editing, I believe, right? Vi- video and film, video production, yeah. Video production, I, I, okay. So, and uh, what did I? What was my major in college? Video. So there you go. But well, these, I, I guess it. I guess it takes one to know one. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I also like have a lot of self-loathing. So there you go. <laughs> but, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. So these guys. Yeah. The, the the whole traveling party got on. We stayed, Jeremy. Like you said, we stayed for a while. Um, we stayed. We wanted to, to see tra- Charlie Blackman. We did for whatever reason. We we were obsessed with seeing Charlie Blackman, and then we saw him, but he didn't really. He didn't like. There was another bus parked like further away. I think yeah. he got on that bus, and he he, he at least he, he had brought food from the catering uh, line, um, and it's kind of funny that a guy making twenty one point five mil is like is like taking a to go box of uh, catering food, but yeah, um, you I mean, know, that, I guess no, that's that's a funny thing. Like I was I, I mentioned before, I was at the South Bend Cubs game over the weekend, and those guys are coming out with like uh, styrofoam containers of the catering food. And like that makes a lot of sense because they're they're scrounging by most of them unless they sign big big uh, signing bonuses. But but it's nice to know, I guess, that even at that level, these guys who are making many many millions of dollars are also bringing their free food. Yes, um, and and we also saw some of the coaching staff come out. We saw yeah. Stu Cole, who was a third base coach. Um, we saw Mike Redmond, who was the bench coach, and I think we saw Dave Meganin, who yeah. was the uh, the hitting coach. They all came out together. And got on the bus, and they they all had hangdog expressions on their faces, uh, and probably uh, rightfully so. Um, the Rockies don't have a GM right now, so they'll be hiring one over the winter, um, which means that you know after the season they've had this year, and <laughs> after you know losing Trevor Story, they're probably going to clean house as far yeah. as the coaching staff and manager is concerned. They'll, they'll be hiring a new GM and firing the coaching staff. Yes, yeah, yeah, because that's that's how it goes. Um, the the new GM is going to want to bring in his own manager. Who will bring in his own guys? So those guys probably know that you know, um, you know, a month a month from now they're going to be looking for jobs. Um, so yeah, this isn't a fun time of year for them. Uh, I assume all of them are old old base. I, well, two of them at least I know are old baseball men. Uh, I assume Stu Cole's been around as well, though I've never I'd never heard of him as a player. Um, yeah. But uh, so yeah, the coaching staff came out, and then we were still hanging around, and I think that we the kid who had asked uh, for Freeland's autograph when it was gray. Um, overheard us talking about the coaches, and he turns to me and goes, hey, uh, did, did Bud Black come out yet? And I think we both just said no. And I wanted to tell him, like, hey, Bud Black ain't going to sign tonight, kid. Like, did you, <laughs> did you, did you see the game? Yeah. Like, Bud Black's not going to sign after that game. No fucking way. Yeah, yeah, no, um, no chance. No, it is interesting, Jeremy, that the two times we've stayed, we've stayed for a significant amount of time, like till, basically till both, all the players from both teams had left, and neither time did we see did we see the manager. So yeah. I don't know if I don't know if the manager just stays super late or if he takes his own transportation. I don't know, but yeah, um, yeah it, we are over two in seeing in seeing managers. It would be funny if we stayed there and like you know all the buses are long gone, like the lights around Wrigley are are out, and there's just like one little light above the exit of Wrigley and then Bud Black comes out and then we just like lunge out at him and like, Bud, can we get your autograph? (laughs) Punches us and runs away. It's like, Oh, please, you know? Um, But, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see how late late they stay. I, I, I wonder if he has to do work if he just stays at the park and then just takes like an Uber back to, uh, to the, to the hotel. I don't know, but cause I I don't, I imagine it's not, uh, it's not very practical for them to do work at the hotel. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, all right, folks. Well, listen, if you made it this far, 
um, you'll 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 be rewarded with this next story because it should have been a leadoff story, but but we had to do it chronologically here, or else it just doesn't make sense. Um, but so we 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 waited. We we saw Blackman. We we decided to to call it a night. So we decided to um. Well, actually, it's kind of funny because Jack Jack did insist on showing me the scene of the crime where he tripped earlier in the yeah. night, um, which is really funny. So we were walking to that spot. So we walked all the way around Wrigley, like around like to the corner of Clark and Addison and back up north on Clark. And uh, we're walking. Uh, we're getting past the stadium. We're, we're approaching um, Waveland Avenue, which is um, the street that's like, you know, right there outside of Wrigley. And um, there's like shops there now and everything. And, you know, uh, it's where like 90 percent of the people who leave the park are, are like all milling about. At this point, it's the game's already been out for like an hour or so. We're walking. Um, and, you know, I think like and we were seeing guys like we saw some guys like walking uh, like when we were on Addison. And I was like, Jack, at the at the risk of pulling another Shambi, uh, I, I thought I was like, I wonder, I thought maybe that was like a player. You did. Um, you did say that. You did say yeah, that. Yeah. And it's like, all right. So and then I'm like, you know, all right. I, you know, I, I get it. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm spotting guys like four blocks away from the state. I'm like, ooh, is that a guy? Is that a guy? Well, um, we were we were walking up up Clark just uh, crossed past uh, Re- uh, Waveland and uh, we see two guys walking towards us. Um, one guy, uh, who's closer to us, um, has like a, a bag. He's like a tall, tallish guy, like a, whatever, like athletic build, I guess. Um, um, but he, he was carrying a bag, like the, the kind of bag that, that you get at, at the Cubs game when you buy, um, a souvenir. Um, it's like a clear plastic bag and he was carrying one of those, but I looked at him and he had like dread, he had like little like braids, dreadlocks sort of things. Um, and I didn't say I didn't like nudge you, Jack. I didn't say anything. But as we walked by, I just say, uh, Michael, uh, could you sign an autograph? Would you mind signing an autograph? And it was it was Michael Hermosillo from the Mm -hmm. Cubs. And uh, it's like it was just it was just the weirdest thing because I'm like, I saw him and I'm like, that's fucking I'm I'm pretty sure it's Michael Hermosillo. I got Jack's voice in my head saying like that wasn't John Shambi. Oh God damn it! Yeah, <laughs> but, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't John Shambi. I know it, I know it wasn't John Shambi. He was four fucking <laughs> blocks away from the stadium. But, <laughs> but I thought it was. I just saw fucking Christian Yelich. I made a, a failed uh, Pete Davidson joke to him. Like I know I know <laughs> it wasn't Shambi. I was I was wrapped up in it. But anyway, so so this was this though was Michael Hermosillo, and I had his fucking card in my pocket, but. Like, it was a dark street. Like, there was still some people mulling around. And he was clearly, like, walking past us. And I he basically passed us. And at that point, it's like the window slams shut. Uh, and, like, you know, you can't ask him. You can't have him backtrack for an autograph. So I caught him at the last millisecond that I could have caught him. And I'm like, I'm like, Michael, you know, you mind signing an autograph? I whipped out my, my Sharpie. I had my, my scorecard in my hand. And so he's like, he, he does say to us, he's like, uh, yeah, yeah. You mind if I only sign one though? And I was like, yeah, sure, sure. And, uh, I was like, and as this is happening, as I'm like uncapping the pen and handing to him, I, I want to be like, wait, stop. I have a card. Just give me one second to pull it out and please sign that. But I didn't, I didn't want to like make him wait. Like while I fucking rifled through my pockets, Jack, um, in the light of day, like afterwards, I thought to myself, I'm like, I should have said, Jack, you get the autograph first and I'll pull my card out. Sure. Um, but but this is what added insult to injury, Jack. Is I when I got home and I emptied out my pockets, I pulled out the little like can, like uh, like packet thing that I had my cards in, and the first card right on top was Hermosillo. 
Oh man. And it's like it would if I would have like reached for it and got it, his card would have been right on top and I would have got him to sign it. And I was already lamenting to Jack earlier that I didn't get Alexander Vizcaino's <laughs> autograph on a card uh, at the South Bend game, which is a guy who the Cubs got for uh, Rizzo. Um, and then like I here I was with another shot, but um, so I didn't get him on card, but uh, he signed our scorecards and uh, he was super cool about it. Yeah, yeah, he was he was awesome. Um, he uh, I, I I told him when he was signing mine, I was like, hey, nice hit tonight, man. And he was uh, like, cause he had gotten a double that tied up the game. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, oh yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, so he was super chill. We think we suspect that the guy with him was a reliever named Michael Rucker, but uh, that is un- that is unconfirmed. But that you... that guy that guy yeah. just kind of stood off to the side while Hermosillo signed for us. Yeah, I know, I know. He was definitely a player. We just didn't know yeah. which player he was. And uh, yeah, I I you know. Could have got his autograph too, but um, I think he was probably happy to not sign. <laughs> like yeah. they were had, clearly headed somewhere. We 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 posited that they were maybe because they weren't. They were already past the players' parking lot. They they didn't clearly didn't have cars there. We we were thinking that they were staying at the Zachary Hotel, the new fucking eyesore hotel that's at the corner across from yeah. Wrigley now. So I think they were like headed back to that hotel, uh, which would make a lot of sense because they they were just got there. Uh, this was their first home stand at home. Um, and, uh, since being called up. And so they probably were staying there until they found a, an apartment or they, I, actually at this point, they probably are just going to let them stay there for the rest of the season. Um, so, so yes, I am pretty sure they were heading there. Um, so he was very cool enough to sign for us. Uh, however, um, what I didn't see and maybe what he didn't see either, because maybe he <laughs> would have fucking blown past us. There were these two fucking <laughs> galoots, definitely one galoot and like, and his like girlfriend, uh, behind us and they were like they saw us getting an autograph and they were like oh uh oh could you could you sign could you sign my shirt could you sign my shirt and like i was the only one who had a sharpie so i, I let hermosillo sign their shirts even though it was a there was a blue cubs jersey and, and it was a blue sharpie but he still signed it and um and then her shirt was blue too yeah and hers yeah. was just a tears was just a t-shirt yeah right and so <laughs> So they so so he signed those and um, and then he handed me back the pen and I said you know thanks Michael and they were on their way, um, and they were like these people who got the autographs were pretty excited, um, we we all took like a step we all took like some like a, a handful of steps forward down Clark or like up Clark like uh, north, um, and they were like super psyched, and. Uh, the Jack, first thing to... that happened was the woman asked you the question. What did she ask you, Jeremy? So the woman goes to me, like we're walking, and the the the, the woman, like in like kind of like the cutest like possible way, she was like, "Can I ask you a question?" And I'm like, I, I and I go, I said like, "You want to know who the hell that guy was, right?" <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "That was," uh, and then I was gonna say like Michael Hermosillo, and then I was gonna say uh, that's the guy they just called up. Uh, that was the right fielder, or, or, or yeah, and then I'm like. I was like, what do I say to this woman? And I'm like, uh, that was the right fielder uh, for the Cubs tonight. Mm-hmm. The guy who got the big hit. And then I think maybe the guy said like, oh, that's right. The guy who got the big hit. That's him. <laughs> it's like, and then he goes, we got him, man. We fucking got him. And then he like fist bumps me. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy. I love the way he phrased it. He was like, we got him. We fucking got him. As if like, as if like the three of us. As if the three of us had teamed up to yeah. find and successfully kill Osama bin Laden. I was going to say, as we were fucking SEAL Team 6. Like, that's like yeah. what they fucking said. Like, <laughs> we got fucking bin Laden, motherfuckers. 
that was like the vibe that this guy was giving off. And so he gave you a fist bump, Jeremy. Yeah. And then like, I saw that he gave you a fist bump. So I like, cause he wanted to like, you know, give me one too. So I, I like put my fist in a, in a fist and like, uh, you know, put it towards him. But he had like gone into a high five. So he like, oh, he no. encompassed my hand, he did, oh, God. like my fist with his hand. And, yeah, like, we yeah. did, we did one of those. And it was just perfectly like natural, but it was it was funny. It was just like a failed fist bump high five. Oh um, no, that's the worst. Yeah, and then and then he said, "How did he phrase it, Jeremy?" Um, he he said a couple other funny things too. Yeah, well, yeah, he was like he was like, "Oh man, I got him on the, on this jersey, man. I I got him on this jersey, man. It's fucking amazing." And he he's like, "Yeah, I think he said this. I I think he said this first. So he goes like." He's like, oh man. He's like, you should have got him to sign your your jersey, your shirt, man. And he's like, oh, you fucked up. You should have had him sign your hat. Your hat is white. <laughs> and he's like, you fucked up. And I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want him to sign the hat. I want him to sign my scorecard. Um, but <laughs> that would have ruined your hat, Jeremy. We were just talking about how much you love that hat. Right. I was. Yeah. I forgot to say that the girl who was with the fucking dad or fucking boyfriend, whatever, she said, don't forget your hat. And like. I normally would have been annoyed by that, but she actually, I actually do think she saved my ass. Like, cause I think I would have forgotten my hat cause it was so fucking hot. I took my hat off and I stuck it like in the crook of the seat next to me. So I probably would have forgotten it. But, um, yeah, he was like, Oh, you fucked up. <laughs> like you should have got the hat. I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So, um, I actually even think I was, I remember saying something to him like, Hey man, well, we just gotta be happy with what we got. You know, like, I think yeah. I think that's where it was. But then he's like, I got him on the, my fucking jersey, man. He's like, and then he goes like, I'm not washing this bitch. And, then he, <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, and he's like, and I'm like, cool, yeah, man, totally, totally, man, They're really cool. And he's like, no, man, no, man, I was I was gonna I, I was gonna wash this man, but I'm gonna fucking hang it up now. And he's like, I'm serious. And he goes like, I'm serious, like. <laughs> Like he thought I was like like he was concerned that I didn't believe him, but he, he he goes like I'm not washing this bitch, I'm serious, and like he was like okay okay I got gotcha. you, I understand you're not gonna wash it, it's exciting like, um, so so that was that was weird, um, yeah, the funny uh, thing about that Jeremy is that um two minutes before that they had never heard of and had no idea who Michael Aramisio was no and um and you know I guarantee you by because they were drunk. By the next morning, they probably forgot who the player was. Yeah, uh, right. Even the, even as we were departing, the girl was like, "What was his name again?" Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's no way she remembered. I because then I said it again, and I, I was almost questioning myself, like, Hermosillo. I'm like, yeah, right, Hermosillo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, but then like then so then we kind of but then like you know we're walking and like we just had like this moment, the four of us, we shared this moment, and uh, um. You know, and we we couldn't like run off. We were going in the same direction. Luckily, we did have to cut cut away. But um, <clears throat> uh, the girl was lamenting though further. She was like, "I felt bad. I didn't recognize any of the guys." And I was like, "Don't." <laughs> I and I said, "Don't worry. You're not the only one." Like you know, it, it is truly like night and day. Like no no one that the Cubs would recognize would be there except for maybe Hap Hayward wasn't even in the lineup. Contreras is on the DL. Like why would you recognize any of these people? Um, so, it, but it was just funny. It was a very like honest moment. She was, she was very like honest with all of her comments. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think like, I, I think I did good to, uh, you know, put her at ease a little bit. Yeah. Well, it was, it was kind of a good summation of like the cub, the 2021 post deadline Cubs vibe. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Just, um, just got to celebrate the things we have, like I said to that guy. Um, but, uh, I, I feel like there's probably something else that, that this guy said that we're forgetting, but it was such a whirlwind that, uh, you know, <clears throat> I don't know, it, but it was, it was just, it was chaos. Um, but, uh, yeah. And they yeah. were galoots. I think that was a good word for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. at least the, at least the guy was, so yeah. that was, that was good stuff. It's funny. I mean, he's never going to wash that Jersey again or that bitch as he put it. Um, so, <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. So I mean, you know, like I said, Jack, like, I don't know if this is a well we should go to every time, but when you get stuff like this, like, how could you not? And I think I joked about at the brew on the Brewers episode, like we just watched like the podcast just devolves into this. I mean, it would save us a lot of money. Um, <laughs> to, yeah. Right. We could, we could literally just go outside the stadium after games and, and do this. That, that's what the autograph freaks do in, in uh, South Bend. Like they don't even go to the games. They just like drive up, they time out when the game's going to end and go there and just try to get autographs. So it's, the, the, the love of the game is even lost on them. They're just in it for the thrill of the hunt of the autograph. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. But uh, it's it the proof is in the pudding there. Two two games in a row, two pretty epic stories, maybe two of the more, more epic stories we've had on this podcast. So, yes, true. I don't well, know, man. We'll see. Uh, I don't know if we're going to make it to another Cubs game this year. I don't know if it's worth it to make yeah. it to another Cubs game. But uh, who knows? We'll see if we don't make it again till next spring. Uh, we probably won't feel like doing it when the weather is shitty, but even if we do, it'll have been a long time since we did it. So it'll feel fresh again. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. It's almost worth it just to get, just to squeeze one more of these out for the year. But, uh, and I don't even know where you would do it at the white. I honestly don't know where the white Sox players or visiting teams come out, but, uh, yeah, who knows? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, Jack, we did cross off one team off of our list that we've never seen the Rockies for the podcast. Uh, so that was cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see what the future holds, um, <clears throat> for us in Wrigley field. Uh, we're definitely due for another Sox game, but, um, we'll, uh, we, there's, um, there, we are cautiously optimistic that there will be a Beloit game in the future, uh, not for the next episode, but in the future. So we'll, we'll still make good on that. Uh, and we'll be able to report about the new stadium, but, uh, we'll wrap this one up for now, uh, extra long episode, but, uh, hopefully that story at the end, uh, was worth it for y'all. Absolutely. So for Rain Delay Theater, theater I'm Jack Swakowski. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing it too, Jack. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Later. Later.